Hey everybody, welcome to Dialogue Choices Podcast. That's what I say every episode if I just went on. I, could, I should have just like a 30 second tirade at the beginning of every episode. That's just the same words in the same tone. So people will genuinely not know for like long enough that a view counts <laughs> that whether or not they've seen this episode before. <laughs> they have to like <laughs> sit through it for like a solid minute. And then at that point it's too late. It counts as a view now. They can't take it back. <laughs> They can skip to the bit, a little bit to the front. <laughs> like my opening intro becomes so tired that it becomes like an ad you skip, but it's an ad for nothing. <laughs> I do that with certain channels. I skip oh. the, the first bit, especially yeah. if it's got like, this is brought to you by Dollar Shave Club. Oh man, I'm something. so happy that when, uh, when somebody's ad read either has the time codes in the description so you can just skip oh, it so or when they have yeah. like yes. a really obvious like white background for the entire ad read. And then, like, you can just, like, preview mouse over it and skip to the part where it doesn't look like that anymore. <laughs> Some people There's have, like, uh... two-minute ad reads and 15-minute videos. Yeah. And I'm like, Jesus it is. fucking Christ, guys. Yeah, yeah there's a... Uh, my, I think my favorite feature is, which is weird, if you, if you search for videos on Bing rather than Google and you watch a YouTube video from within their, like, little web interface, it will give you a button to skip intros of videos. So if you like, like if, if they yeah if yeah like Netflix if they have an intro for their video it will automatically detect like oh it's playing loud music for this amount of time and then it goes <laughs> no, to here what is this a video editing well? tutorial yeah. <laughs> yeah and so it's it's wow. crazy I've noticed this so many times because I've been watching a lot of uh, 3D printer repair stuff and all of them have these like obnoxious <laughs> dumb stupid uh, this is welcome to the best they technical all paid the solid. same guy to do like, like a 3d animated yeah, text block over metal <laughs> they're all I'm garbage so fucking and I tired of it but, every time i try to google like what the fuck this thing disappeared in vegas i just it's just gone i don't know how i did that what do i do to bring it back or like i accidentally like pressed a thing and now i'm in a mode and i don't know what this mode is and i don't know how to leave it yeah. and then they only recorded on the left Oh yeah, they'll be only in so, one yeah. ear, and the audio is horrible, <laughs> and they talk for so long before getting to the thing. But then you skip like halfway into the video, and you're like, okay, this is too far, and you're like, ah, I just yeah. It literally would have been more time effective just to wait through the video, but that feels like a, <laughs> like a like yeah. I'm losing, <laughs> like I have to win against this video's three minute intro where he's not saying anything. What are you doing? I know what Vegas is. What? That's why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I found useful is uh, using, um, putting it in uh, normal speed. No, don't use double speed, but turn on the closed captions and just click the right arrow yeah. and skip like 20 seconds at a time. And then you read the, like you skim read the closed captions. God, what YouTube, what YouTube needs is the function to can like search through the closed captions of your own channel, like channel wide. Oh yeah. It's like I know you're making I, mean, I know you're making them. Things, Let but... me browse them cuz like then I could find the moment where the thing happened I remembered once. <laughs> like I vaguely remember shit and I want to find it for like a highlight or something but I'm like I don't what <laughs> I don't I don't fucking know. That's from a play you if I'm even if I'm go. even right about which playthrough it was, it's a playthrough with 80 episodes. Like please help me. <laughs> you could make a uh you could make a script to farm off all of the closed captions because oh, we have access to the closed captions in the in our studio 
So you you could make a JavaScript thing that just goes over through all of your videos over like a night yeah. or something and copies copies all the closed captions with all the metadata and then you'd have the data on your side. That sounds but awful. Then, like how are you gonna parse that through all that awful. information? No, you're just gonna to, break it up. Uh, oh no, that's the easy part. That's the you, easy part. Would you have Searching it break it up into files based on video? Yeah, you'd have to. Oh, you yeah. just remind. <laughs> you, just rem you just reminded me that like I. <laughs> You just reminded me, I had like a big data-oriented project I was working on, and then starting a video essay channel just made me forget about it instantly because it was more gratifying and te <laughs> less tedious. But like... Did you forget about the big project, Keith? Yeah, I did. I was making a website. Dang. I already paid for like two years of like hosting. <laughs> I was making a oh, website yeah, I so oh, that yeah. I... Yeah, I, I made a website for the purpose of like eventually just all sorts of things like here's my fan art on this page and here's like my video essays on this page. But like the big project was to uh create a, a sequence of like embedded links for every single let's play or every single game i've mm -hmm. ever covered on like my channel and like the 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 me days of sad games and so on and like mm -hmm. then put that all into a searchable database so that people could find things and they'd be tagged this is like the big request people have it's like i want to find all the playthroughs with stephanie or i want to find games that are like mist or whatever and i was like all right here we go and i was like First first step is to try to make the most comprehensive list of tags you can think of of like, okay, here's the cut. Here's the cut. I was even like, what country was the game from to try to like include like, <laughs> like, oh, wow, you want to check out all the games from the Netherlands I've played so far or whatever, like all the Norse mythology games like that would be fun. Uh, see, but you have mm -hmm. to like, if you're going to tag things, you have to come up with your entire list of tags in advance because then you have to tag the games as you go. Uh, otherwise, you'd have you to like constantly go back and they'd be incomplete and incomprehensive and stuff. But like... I had my I so I had my series of tags and I like I did like three games on my website as like a test just to see if it would work and if like the search if like clicking the check marks of the what filters you wanted worked and so on and then I'm like okay now mm -hmm. it's now it's time to gather the data of what every single game as I've ever covered on both channels and I was trying to do them in chronological order <laughs> and uh, yeah fell off that after a couple of days and that's it's been a few months now. <laughs> I thought it. I thought yeah, it seemed a, a pretty, pretty ambitious. Like looking yeah, at it, yeah, it's I like people going, don't. Like, wow, people really is... underestimate how much fucking work it would be to do that. Because <laughs> it's like yeah. often constantly it requested things. Yeah. Like, where can I have a list of all the things? And it's like I, uh, uh, like my my front found, page of YouTube I... for a very long time has been like a series of playlist categories where I try to categorize every playthrough. But inevitably, it's like here's the other tab because you can only have like five, and that's not enough yeah. categories. And then. People being like, How, where's a place where I can find a list of every playthrough with this person? And I'm like, that's fucking make it. <laughs> how, the f what, how, is, how would that exist? And there's no there's no tools for that. I can't do this. It, it honestly is kind of impressive how uh, how lacking the customization options are. Yeah. Yes. Modern internet, like you, I guess I, I imagine there's at some point the answer, the, support the but, answers just to have an obsessively large, a large audience that has a certain number of very obsessive people that will just like do that for fun. Well, yeah, but I meant like more in the sense of like you think of mo like beginning the entry level uh, social media stuff was really highly customizable, and then as it progressively yeah. gets to like now we're in the era of like Facebook and Twitter where you have like the only customization is like, what do you want your like user profile picture to be? And you're like, wow, this is kind of garbage. Like this is where, how do we get <laughs> here? How do we, how do we devolve into 
this like homogenized liquid form of social media. I mean, YouTube mostly removes like, features. Yeah, YouTube's yes. like, okay, do you want it in white or black? But you don't get to control that. Your audience controls that. But also, <laughs> like, but those are your only two options. You can also add some like thumbnails to your videos. You don't have to, but you can. And that's about all you get in customize. You get the same thing. You get basically the same features as Twitter. Which hey guys, remember when we had shows with seasons and they're gone? No, no, too too much, too much customization. We got to draw. It if back, I remember correctly, you used to be able to subscribe to shows. Yes, yeah, you used to like, be able to specifically yeah. subscribe to shows only, yeah. so that way someone on someone's channel, like Rooster Teeth, could have like seven shows. And you say like, look, I'm I'm gonna be honest with you, Red vs Blue is the only good thing you've ever made. I'm gonna ignore the rest <laughs> of these. Subscribe to Red vs Blue. And then you can like ignore the whatever that Sims video was that they did for a while and other stuff like that. Oh, Stranger <laughs> was fine. And or at least it was back sure, then. I don't know if it's good I, now. I'm, I don't know if Red vs Blue is good now. <laughs> I'm glad somebody watched it, but I didn't. And uh but the point is is like you could subscribe to just that that show that you wanted to watch, which is great because that's how like you would think the f the future would work. Like, oh, cool! I I only want to watch like Keith. I only want to watch it when Keith plays uh, RPGs. Can I like subscribe to his RPG only yeah. category? No, 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 no. You have to get all of the videos, and you're like, there is like a certain but... customization I would always want. Where like if things were parts of shows, it'd be cool if you could be like, I'm gonna subscribe to this particular channel, and then you could like selectively unsubscribe from individual shows when they like start also doing something. Then you're like, hmm. Yeah, that probably no. would work, be work better for creators that way, like a, a, a blacklist instead yeah. of a whitelist. Granted, a lot of that stuff, a lot of stuff that I don't like is the stuff that people do to keep their channel like alive. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> yeah. was it like Team Four Star would be like, here's our bigger bridge videos, but also we want to have a bunch. We want to become a Rooster Teeth style, like, like big content, like churner. So here's our podcast and here's our other things. And it's like, yeah, I don't really want those, though. And then, uh, if you watch something like he uh, says, rec recording his podcast. Oh yeah, I know, I know, I get it. <laughs> like I get it. Well, yeah. Also, that's, I don't. That's I'm also true. not a channel that's like, here's my one big impactful thing every month, and then like that's ten true. videos between each one. Uh, it's all trash, baby. Uh, <laughs> but uh, or like you, you subscribe to like an animator or something like uh, uh, Fox in Space or like Has Been Hotel or or whatever the other stuff on that channel is or like uh, a bunch of other ones where there's like there's like there's the there's like the show they make and then there's like dozens of like behind the scenes videos and like streams of them animating and then like just so many uploads that like come up and, and clock up your feed and you're like I, I just I just want to watch the, the thing honestly <laughs> the thing you make hmm and it's, it yeah. can be like, this is why second channels were invented. But of course, like, it's because they're, they're not doing it on a second channel because YouTube incentivizes you putting out more and more content. Like, I'm literally saying this while thinking about the idea of like, hi, I'm working on I'm working on this really, really big project in the background. But what if I made shorter things real quick, like a review of this movie or something uh, to like keep the channel going, like different tiers of activity. Like, even I'm like thinking in those terms while also being like sick of certain versions of that idea. But yeah, because yeah, YouTube incentivizes having a lot of content all the time, and uh, if you can't do that, then you're kind of in trubs. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think even like I think the way we manage maybe Andrew, Andrew, you've been uh, you've been streaming more the the stuff you publish on your channel, right? Uh, sometimes like, I've just been like really bad about making any content lately. But yeah, yeah, I don't know if Andrew's mm -hmm. done anything uh, for like a month. 
Yeah, mostly try. Yeah, I haven't like, seen your videos. Unless I'm recently. doing something where I don't, I literally do not want other people uh, getting close to me, like Subnautica, where like the the entire experience is better done alone. Um, but if it's something garbage like Cyberpunk or uh, <laughs> like stuff like that, or if it's a game that I think doesn't really matter, it like like Hades doesn't really get <laughs> worse with people interacting with you. It's more of just like here. You want to watch me run a really shitty run? Let's see if it works. Like it's fine. People, you know, people can be like, "No, no, that's a bad pick." Oh well, you're here to watch me make mistakes. <laughs> like uh, that's different than like say certain games that require a lot more uh, like person like personal views of it. And so like yeah, if it's something that it doesn't matter, then I'll just stream it and then edit it later. I've been trying to like uh, stream and then record at the same time since I can mm -hmm. technically do both um so yeah because what uh what i was gonna say is that the way we publish videos is a little bit of an artifact of uh youtube requiring which still ha still exists but it is it, it, youtube requires consistency to to uh pu promote your videos to to your uh to your viewers and not just to promote your videos to your viewers but also because viewers will sort of naturally like if you don't publish a video for a week or maybe a month it depends on the viewer but if you don't publish a video for a little while people will just forget about that that you have videos and and like maybe oh, yeah. in a year they'll be like huh i remember that guy let's let's check him out but um there's also the like, aspect it, of like the algorithm will just forget about you like it'll just be the, like yeah eh. but the, it's two things they haven't it's watched any things. of your videos they're... recently so they don't, you know they must not care about you yeah 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 but that's like what I'm saying is those two things are the reason why we publish Let's Plays in such a weird way. Because at the end of the day, it is sort of weird to play a game a half an hour for a, a, a day, uh, like especially new releases or depends on the games, obviously. But it is it's a very drawn out and, and very weird way to publish a video. And, and obviously it's there's slow. Let's Play channels that don't. Like yeah. you could do the co you could always do the co carnage like thing where you upload you just play one yeah. game and you upload like ten videos a, a day of that one game, which like mm -hmm. I guess works for him, but like no almost nobody actually consumes YouTube videos that way. So I I question the the approach. Like I don't necessarily base mine on like what's algorithmically good or whatever for that specific element of the show. It's just like an element of like well I got to put mm -hmm. these videos out at a pace where people can consume them if they're my current subscribers. And if you like, I learned really early on during in 2014 when I was doing Dragon Age Inquisition and I was only playing like a couple games at a time and I would be like, all right, here's a, here. I was still doing like 30 minute videos, but like more of them. So I'd be like, oh, here's two or three Dragon Age videos the same day, whatever. And I just like record them and render them and upload them and then go to work or something. Uh, <laughs> is like my year off between, uh, between graduating college and getting my first real job after college, basically. So I was just kind of like, I was just working at a shop basically when I, when I would get there mm -hmm. and uh, I, you could just obviously see it's like, Oh, the, I would upload two or three videos and the most recent one would get way more views than the other one or two that were uploaded the same day. People just skip them. <laughs> like no, people don't have yeah. time to watch like several 30 minute videos in the same series per day. So it makes way more sense to make, uh multiple parallel shows and slowly pace them out even if you had to even if you ended up like recording them way in advance like in this case what our zero time dilemma shows just starting to air and like we're done with it 
And like, honestly, it's a pretty good way to do a playthrough. If you do the whole, if you record it really quickly, yeah, there's no audience feedback. So they might complain about the one thing you're missing for like 30 episodes straight about like, ah, oh, the papers are inside where aren't in the statue. They took them out. Uh, <laughs> but like your your memory and your skill with the game and all that will be freshest if you like binge through it quickly but then pace it out slowly because that's like how people actually watch videos i think uh, for me one of the decisions that i made pretty pretty early on and maybe even before i i started doing videos was that what i wanted was to finish the games yeah you know instead of focusing on on just like new uh, like one two episodes of of uh, new indie games and all what not. I wanted to finish games and I wanted to have complete let's plays. And the, what I realized soon is that uh, basically every video I make is made for people who are gonna watch those videos. You know, the vast majority of people who watch my videos are watching it are watching them year not maybe not necessarily years, but some of them, many of them, years after. Yeah. And so I'm like all the content. Yeah. It's and and it's it's sort of a. That's, and that's like, why I'm we, saying we are it is largely a little bit of like an artifact. content libraries. Yeah, yeah. And then we Doctor Manhattan it. We 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 get to do the comments <laughs> section, commenting on all of our videos at once. We get to relive every moment of the last ten years of our life simultaneously. <laughs> They're all happening now <laughs> to someone. It's really fucking weird. But yeah, like if you uh, let's I'll bring up my analytics real quick because this is a a point that always comes up a bit. Is like if you look at my channel, I uploaded uh, three videos yesterday, and it looks like they collectively got like like two thousand views or something. Meanwhile, if I go to my analytics and highlight yesterday, which was what the fourth, yeah, uh, I got thirty three thousand eight hundred views. <laughs> Like my so, my current subscribers clicking 5%, is so 10%. little of the actual content. So that's that's part of why I don't care that much about also about the uh, the live feedback element because like the vast majority of feedback I'm gonna get every about every every video is gonna be this long tale of people like shouting at me for years about the mistakes I made. <laughs> Specific videos yeah. are giant lightning rods and I'm constantly tempted to just fucking mute that entire comment section because I'm tired of hearing the same comment forever. You misgendered the fucking Monster Hunter monster. How dare you? They're all fucking... <laughs> Every monster has both genders, except these two, these specific, ah, they're gendered, and that means you have to know that somehow. It's the girl one. Mm. <laughs> I'm going to leave a comment and not pay attention to the fact that it's an ocean of 50,000 comments all saying the same thing, which, to be fair, I have looked at the mobile experience of YouTube every now and then, and the Oof. comment section, like, doesn't exist. <laughs> You get, yeah, it's one comment. And, yeah, and it's it shows you even... one highly rated comment and then a bunch of like suggested videos and ads. And then you have to like click that one comment to get ex exploded in your face. The billions of other comments that are there. So that that might be part yeah. of the problem. But boy, you get the same comment hundreds of times on the same video eventually. And they'll just never stop. <laughs> That's the Dr. Manhattan <laughs> experience. It's always your failures. It's never been like, wow, you did a good job. I'm going to leave a redundant comment about how you did a good job. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, you, uh, YouTube working like it does. I, for me, I, I don't get more, many more than 10 or 15 comments a day so I can keep up. But for bigger channels, 
working like you're describing, it's just, it makes the comment section hostile <laughs> or yeah, it's just, it's, I, I don't know why they have it like that. They should, they should have a completely different system, like where you can search like word clouds or something like that, that allows you to get at a glance feedback of comments for certain videos. And it's just, I mean, it's not difficult to go to see the comments in a certain video. You can, well, you can just open the video, but in our uh, studio control panel thing, um, it's not difficult because there's a button for it, but it just shows you the comments by uh, like date or whatever, or by uh, publishing date. And it's, it's just, yeah, chronological so is just currently the easiest way to see all the comments on your channel and actually keep up with them in order of mm -hmm. publication oh, and all that. Oh, not even, yeah, like other, not even getting into that. Because like other, yeah. otherwise you'd have to like open every individual video, but you're only getting a snapshot of the current comments that are there so far. So like you can even keeping up with like your current videos. If you're somebody like us that uploads like a bunch of videos and, and all that, like when do you check the video? How often do you check the same videos? Like I'd have to like open like six tabs to check the comments and then come back and check them again like a day later to see how many more people commented on them uh, and sort them by new and so on. And it'd be like this huge pain in the ass. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah YouTube just doesn't have like this week I saw I don't know if it, you guys got the same thing, but I got a, a little pop up in my control panel. Telling me if I wanted to participate in the betterment of of the oh, yeah, control I saw tools that. that we have. I don't know if I'll and respond. I, it, it was like usually... a forty minute long. It was a forty minute long quiz. Oh god! About, uh, yeah, what what platforms we use and what we do it for, what we associate with them, and all that. And and um, and mo most of it was just self -con congratulatory things for YouTube being like um, how. How do you feel about YouTube's transparency? How do you feel about YouTube's uh, goals aligned with yours? Or how do you feel that it fosters a community, allows you to share with friends, allows you to make money? All those things that, that are just like, yeah, either, either you like it or you don't. But for me, like, it just felt like YouTube is just going through the motions and it does not care whatsoever about the, what we... I, I know we've talked about this before in the podcast, but it's just... There's no tools for the stuff that we want. It's like nobody working at YouTube. It's like when the new dashboard was coming out and like every single day it would load me into the new dashboard and I would click the button to go back <laughs> to the old dashboard and every day I would leave the same review in the f yep, in the field explaining the fact that the new dashboard has less functionality and runs worse. Like every time you click on anything, you just wait for a while and like there's animations mm -hmm. playing and shit. It's like, what the... F the old one works fine. The new one has less information and looks worse, and it's harder to part. Like I, I, the dashboard's really ugly right now. Uh, but also, like several <laughs> features were just I missing. And we'll, and I'll never get over the like we talked about this in the fucking YouTube broken episode or whatever that was like early in the series. But like, it just, it really stands out to me that like in the previous version of YouTube, which uh, they were already in a situation where like whenever you opened a playlist, if you press the buttons to like customize the features of your playlist or change something about your playlist it then loaded an even older version of youtube that had those features because they never added them to that version of youtube and then that version mm -hmm. of youtube was then replaced by this version of youtube where they just 
continued to not update any of those playlist features so like a bunch of them just don't work now and a lot of them are just gone a lot of the stuff you used to be able to do with playlists just disappeared instead of getting added to the new dashboard that's the level we're on mm -hmm. that's what all these all the money is worth yep. apparently it's so yeah. bizarre i don't understand how large companies work well it sounds soul draining you, you do understand though because their profit or the money that they get doesn't come from ha us having tools to work if anything they may they may even get more money from us having tools to work well, yeah it's it's or not the whole tools. fucking redesign is usually just it seems like it'd probably just be some guy that's that's like mid-tier higher up in a company just wanting to piss on the trees it's, yeah and being exactly. like, look what i did i'm the one that did the big redesign fucking exactly i'm next ceo please like it's all political and not because exactly. it helps the website Absolutely. in any way it's, Absolutely. It's that not like they're like, often. oh, fucking HTML7 or whatever the fuck's happening now. We got to update the website to the new standard. It's like, no, I'm just going to redesign the website for no reason, mostly. And then it's just it's going to basically yeah. be the same thing, but slightly worse. And it's going to be really frustrating. And we're not going to get around to doing half the things, which also happened last time. <laughs> it was I, I did want to see the chain keep happening, though. I wanted to see them still load an old version of YouTube in order to uh gain access to certain playlist editing features until the point where you had to click through each version of youtube one by one so you were going like back four generations it'd be, <laughs> it'd be like loading into the original xbox on the xbox one x series xxx to get to like access a specific feature and <laughs> it'd be so oh, fucking speaking, hysterical speaking of uh, the xbox the, this conversation um, actually reminded me i i was um i saw a thread on twitter a couple of days ago about uh, XNA. I don't know if you know oh, what yeah. XNA is. I had yeah. an XNA yeah. membership for a year. So XNA was I, this you, you really needed, good. Yeah. Sorry, go, you probably you probably have a better explanation. Well, it was it was XNA was the self publishing process for making Xbox Live indie games, which is what Andrew and I covered at the beginning. Like that's our our starting mm -hmm. thing was we, that we we covered Xbox Live indie games like their demos and. Part of it was hysterical because you'd play a game for 30 seconds and then they'd be like, demo over. And it's like, like they're terrified you'd see too much if they let you go any further. Yeah. But uh, it was like $100 a year, I think. And it was the, uh, is you needed one, you needed a membership in order to publish stuff, but also all of the people that had memberships all, all collectively reviewed each other's stuff. So Microsoft didn't really have to deal with it directly. And all the XNA people would review each other's stuff. And you needed like X number of people to sign off on your game for it to get published as being like, like, I guess just like mm. working and not being full of like objectionable content. So it's like a self-moderating community that can publish nice. uh, games directly to the Microsoft store before Green before Steam ever had this even. Uh, and you could just mm -hmm. put your they indie game out. They were and... years ahead of the competition. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah. Xbox Live Indie Games was like an impressive design decision. And, and not just. Yeah. It's cool weird happen, that like they Scott just like Studios. threw it away. <laughs> so that's the thread that I, that I was reading the, yeah. this week. Um, and uh, and, he, and it wasn't just the console platform that they had, which they did, and was the vast majority of the of the success of the XNA project. It was also the uh, uh, the work. Uh, what's the word? So the the underlying uh, underlying technology that developers would use to make games, because it was easy. It, well, it made making games easier. The XNA project. I, there were there, there are terms that I could be saying that I don't remember, so I can't say them because I don't remember. But uh, basically, games like uh, Underrail, uh, like Celeste, like Terraria, 
they use the XNA sort of code base to they are the developers use the XNA code base as a sort of a platform to build their games. And there's obviously all the other smaller games that never had uh, the the success that Terraria had or, or or Celeste, but still XNA was crucial for the development of those games. So w the thread that I was re reading was somebody wondering uh, about why Microsoft just canceled it because i think they, they started money. xna in 2000 <laughs> no that's not well maybe money but uh, the, uh, this is that's why it kind of ties into the conversation we're having um so i thought it was somebody completely unrelated to microsoft wondering about that and saying that they i think it they can they canned it in 2008 or 2009 and they started it in 2004 so it didn't last for very long um and um and somebody replied to that twitter thread Tagging somebody that apparently worked at uh, at Microsoft, and uh, and uh, they said that basically it was a a a project that never really saw the approval of the higher ups, never got a, a like a an evangelist in the higher ups of Microsoft, and so it was the the engineers pushing it through. And then what happened is that it was subject to the whims of somebody mm -hmm. trying to sabotage it for personal gain inside the company. And so one of the things that they pointed out was that uh, somebody wanted it, uh, wanted the XNA games to be compatible with Windows Mobile, and that killed it because they diver diverted resources towards there, and then they couldn't do anything with it. It was a so thing that like was basically just existing because it wasn't being paid attention to that much. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's company, like how a lot of Google, how a lot of Google apps existed too. A lot of Google yeah. apps were just like weird little side hobbies that people did, and Google's like, huh? The what if we, yeah, like what if the we gave that to other people? And then like that's how you get shit like LiveJournal existed, and then it just stopped existing after Google's like, wait a second, this isn't very profitable. Mm -hmm. Like you just move on. But it's the weird event where like yeah, these like super companies weirdly like put a weird amount of effort into something that's that seemed a little like like a weird thing to invest in and then they just like the moment it's done forget it existed and never supported in some cases and you're yeah. just like i why because it's easy to think of them a as a like, bad case of this oh this yeah is like microsoft's mm -hmm. entire mo is like picking up stuff it basically is like they have add but they just pick up something look at it for a while and then put it down <laughs> and forget it just ever existed and they'll never go back to it unless someone like begs and pleads and they go like oh yeah we did this Okay. It wasn't wasn't the Stadia, like, the Google Stadia, just like, we'll just make this right, and then people just like, yeah. put games on it. It'll just happen, and like, and, the, and then they happen. just like stopped supporting it, basically, or something. Like, I, I, I basically well, stopped supporting it, it the moment they launched it. Yeah, yeah basically, it, the, they, it launched, and the initial launch had basically so far, like, so little uh, view, like subscription, it just couldn't keep itself afloat, and it was like, all right, <laughs> well, I guess this is a commercial failure it's out yeah like, this it is hasn't the same been thing. two years it hasn't been two years yeah. by the way since I, I, only, uh, I only knew one game that was on it like i just knew that orcs must die 3 was exclusive to it i'm like well that's annoying <laughs> i want orcs must die 3 and now it's on steam so I, uh, story over I, they had a they there had a go. thing they had a deal going on where i think if you pay uh if you paid the cost of buying the controller um mm -hmm. or not yeah, buy, for was the, it was it the controller? If you I think it was like the controller. You got like uh, a year of uh, premium membership. Yeah, or something like that. But I, I don't was, know how long some it lasted. Of, that deal. There was some kind of deal, and I remember I got it during that deal because it was like nothing. It was like basically, I think it was like five. It, oh no, 
So yeah, it was like you pay for the cost of the controller and they'll give you a, a Chromecast Ultra with it. So that way you can play the games on it. And Chromecast Ultra normally runs for like oh. 60 or $70. And I was like, oh, well, I want that because it's a Chromecast that has an Ethernet adapter to it. So you don't have mm -hmm. to, you don't have to like wirelessly stream stuff to it. I was like, that's what, because obviously you can't wirelessly stream games in HD because unless you have like hyperspeed internet, unless you have a really good mo like Wi-Fi network, which the average home does not, um, it's easier to just give it an Ethernet port. But okay, cool. If you have an Ethernet port, that means you have way faster speed access and Wi-Fi. And so I got that because it was like the controller was like, I think like 10, 15 bucks. And I was like, sure, I'll pay that just to get a free Chromecast <laughs> Ultra. And so and that's, that's why I have it. So I have the stupid controller and I had Stadia for like six months or something because it came with a six month subscription. Mm -hmm. And when it ended, I just never renewed it because why would I? But like, yeah, Orcs Must Die 2 was, or Orcs Must Die 3 was the only game I played on it because it was the only game I was like, yeah, I actually don't own this game anywhere else. Everything else is like, yeah, I already own this. So it's like, you want to play Destiny? I'm like, no, I already got it on like six different platforms. Could we? But we have it, else? but worse. Yeah, it's like, but also, you can't play with everybody else on PC. I'm like, why, why would I do? Why would I play Destiny with only Google Stadia members? That sounds like a terrible <laughs> idea. Like, what the fuck? How many of you are there? Like, three? Or is there even enough to raid? Like, like this is, is what it a really, terrible is idea. Is it really yes. only Stadia? There's no cross Yeah, platform? it's only Stadia. There's no cross. Oh, it's not no. cross. Uh, why wouldn't they? Do oh, my God. So it was, see, it was like, I, this is a terrible what a idea. What community right. didn't exist. Yeah, it it was really weird, but uh, but Orcs Must Die three was like pretty good, like I, I, I don't know. I hope that it comes out on other platforms soon, because what a waste. No, it's on Steam. It's yeah. probably gonna play yeah. it next with Bird since we finished Resident Evil. Okay, we're, we're like one mission from finishing Resident Evil six. I beat it on Stadia, so I never checked out if it was anywhere else. Because like, well, you know, once you beat Orcs Must Die, you don't really. I I don't. I'm not gonna go back to it, but uh. But so I was like, well, that's it. I hope it comes out on other platforms because this poor game, <laughs> like, yeah, like being locked to a, a, a sinking ship basically is like a. It was sad because it's, it's like, I, oh, Orcs Must Die is back after that really embarrassing thing where they tried to be a MOBA and it didn't work. Yeah. Why did, why did they do that? Why did they do that? I think Sometimes it was just, just take the take the whatever is popular route. Like that's well, like you have to ask why is Fortnite now have a uh, Among Us version in it now? Why is Among Us just in <laughs> Fortnite? I don't know because it's popular. The <laughs> I think the problem with Stadia was that it required Google specific hardware, and first off, their controller looks like I it's terrible. It looks awful. Like I don't know if it's good or not because I never used it, but it just looks that's like rude. nobody even. No, nobody even tried. It's just a blob. It's like you're holding a blob of just like, okay. And and you need it to play. You cannot like, or you needed it. I don't know if they implemented the features, but one of the best features would be that you could play any game on any device at any time. And so it makes sense that you didn't need the Stadia controller, right? You just play with your controller or your key keyboard or on your phone. Nope. It's only Pixel 3 for, for, for the release. It's only with a Stadia controller. And I think even people who had the Stadia controller couldn't play uh, some some uh, some games. It was like, it was like the launch was full of, of basically, it was rushed. It was a rushed launch. And I'm it's shocked. Just, it, it, it smells of, uh, it stinks of, of the, those, yeah, it's those little projects that Google. Some guy that Google just wanted to make. pee on some trees. Yeah. 
And then Google is like, you know what? We can make a big deal out of this. Hire, w- bring in the mar- marketing department. Let's make this. Just big companies. They're very good for efficiency, you see. It's very good for efficiency. I, well, I mean, big companies are always about trying to find that you're, you're just mining for gold every day. The idea is you're trying to find a way to keep either keep profits consistent or make a lot of money. And like in Microsoft's case, for example, their entire goal is to just break even at minimum. Like the, the bare minimum is you have to be making at least the amount that you're investing in. And if not, like once it gets to that point, once it's something stable like uh, Xbox Game Pass, for example, where you can just access all these games, now it has to be profitable because if it's not profitable, then like even if it's cutting even, why support it? You know, like why are you going to invest? What's the long term strategy for this thing? And so that's why you see like, oh, well, if we buy a company like Bethesda and put all our games on the Xbox Game Pass only, then it creates this demand for it because it's the only way people are going to play Fallout on modern consoles. Um and so, like, a lot of features in Xbox, you see fall to, like, to just fall off the wayside the moment they can't become profitable. Like, there, you can, like, and mm-hmm. game, pa- like, the Xbox Indie Arcade is the same way, where you're like, well, is this cost, was this really costing you money to operate? And it's like, no, no, this definitely didn't cost us money to operate. Like, this is very a net, a net even type of deal. But the moment you ask, like, well, how do you make money off of this in a good sense? And it's like, okay, well, you kind of don't really, unless you want to, screw over indie developers which means they'll leave and you you'll now you'll lose money so like you just you end up having to go like okay well we're either going to keep this here forever just existing in its neutral state or we cut it and focus our efforts somewhere else and it's like usually big companies are always about cutting and adding like cutting back something to make room for something new and once that doesn't work out cutting that out to make room for something new indefinitely until you die um and like that's it's awful it's like not how it's not it's really how good innovation chase happens. of profit yeah but it's it's it, like it, even when you know, have profit then it's not enough profit because now you're gonna like project wanting more profit and then it doesn't happen you're like <laughs> oh that means it's a failure because it profited but not hard yeah. enough yeah and so it's, you eventually it again you just get to a point where you have to uh you, you get to a point where you either if you don't strike gold then you're gonna have to find a way to make it fake gold and you know i I would imagine that's like that's well yeah like you imagine that's like that's how xbox live itself existed was it came into existence and it didn't it was kind of just shitty like why would you pay for xbox live back in the in the original xbox days until halo 2 came out and once halo 2 came out you're like oh shit we need to buy xbox live because like otherwise how am i going to play with my friends but before then xbox live was like literally a waste of money what are you going to like sega gt online with your friends get the fuck out of here you're not playing that with your friend get out there was nothing to do with xbox live until something came out that made it worth having made it profitable and so you get this like sense of fake gold where you're like oh okay well this thing like makes xbox live good oh and now if you want to like get the new maps for halo you gotta have xbox live and you're like oh okay well shit i guess i want to get those those new maps so i best i get i I gotta get Xbox Live. Like, it, you had to like create value where there was no value. Because um, again, Xbox Live never changed. It's not like the service somehow got better because it didn't. It was still just Xbox Live, but something came along and gave it fake value. Uh, and so, like, that's 
I feel like a lot, at least Microsoft. That's, that's Nintendo's, a Nintendo's strategy with their. Yeah, and, I mean, well, Nintendo's strategy service. is uh, kind of bananas. I don't really know what also, they're doing yes, half yes. the time. We're going to start charging for our online multiplayer, but not finish making it. So, so yeah, gonna, some like, we're, we're going to phone on your an app on your phone in order to have voice chat. It's it's like so Nintendo Online's Jesus terrifyingly Christ. crazy because it goes okay we're gonna have an online thing but none of it's built yet and you're like what does that mean? It's like okay so if you want to talk with your friends you got to get an app for that on your phone. I don't have a phone. Well then you ain't talking to your friends. And you're like what what? <laughs> Wait a second, is this like a basic feature in like Xbox 360? It's like yes, but besides that point uh moving on so now you can also have access to all these games like all these old games uh from the like super nintendo and you're like oh okay that's really cool like like the emulator stuff that you already did for the wii u and you're like no 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 different games that we're gonna port slowly and individually and you're like didn't you already do this yeah yeah but we're not doing that again we're doing something it's like nintendo just like you could just copy paste like just take and it's the same emulation software from the Wii U. I know it is because I have a Wii U and I played a bunch of emulated games on the Wii U. It's the exact same stupid fucking emulator, but they just didn't copy paste the games over for some reason. Mm -hmm. So now you have this like half ass built library of mo like consoles. So you have like the NES and they went up to like a certain amount and they're like, mm, let's do Super Nintendo God. now. And you're like, why didn't you yeah, wait? You didn't the, finish the, the Nest Switch library. Is, and the Switch is slowly releasing a series of weird uh, old games on their weird app. You have to open, where you have to open the app itself individually, which is nicer than having to buy every game, I guess. But yeah. there's like no <laughs> yes. good way to like sort that library or like organize it. They just puke it onto your shelves and the games change size the tiles change size based on how many you put on the same shelf and you just have to like organize it yourself and they keep puking more games onto it and a whole bunch of them are the same game again but it's like a save state that you load that's like a cheat mode or something <laughs> so like you'll have like sometimes oh, four no. of the same game and i'm like what the fuck is this menu <laughs> what are you doing to me it's Jesus. it is weird and i don't i again i can't you know i can't make any claims i don't know what goes on inside of the company but it's like a it weird feels, choices it feels almost like somebody keeps getting worried that this isn't enough you know it feels like an executive decision saying like hey how come there aren't like how come we're not seeing a 50 percent increase in subscribers we're releasing all these stupid uh virtual console games what's going on someone's like mm -hmm. uh so they keep asking for these other virtual console games and we're just not going to give those to them. So oh my they're God. not if, if shining they launch up. an N64 and, one. I'll be so happy, though. <laughs> but, but what are they going to do? Because yeah. half of the games on the N64, they don't have a license to put on yeah. anymore. So like this is the other hurdle they keep running into, which is like, just okay, get him, here loser. Are all these <laughs> just get them again. It's yeah, right. You, you like what? What is Microsoft doing with Rare, anyways? Just take it back. Just like, <laughs> just take take backsies. Just take it back. It doesn't matter. Um, and it's <laughs> what was the last thing they made? Like grab by the ghoulies? Like what the fuck? <laughs> Whatever. The um, it's 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 so one of the problems that Nintendo has is they 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 keep they they have this they run like solely on nostalgia. Like, that's their entire fuel source, is people are nostalgic for the games that they've made in the past, and so they want sequels to those games that they then make, and then it, the cycle repeats again. Then they create these games, people love them, goes back into the nostalgia bank, 
and then like 10 years later they go hey where's that like samus game isn't there mm-hmm. like samus don't you have samus and they're like yeah here you go here's like metroid but in 2.5d and you're like whoa i miss <laughs> samus and you're like okay well on one Maybe hand, I'm like. really happy that so many games that are older are are available on like vaguely recent platforms. Like we're we're well, well, I mean, at this point, we're so we're so far into the HD remake like era that when I played Ico this year, I realized that the HD remake I was currently playing was as old as Ico was when the remake was made. <laughs> like it's a 20 year old game, but it's a 10 year old remake or HD release Jesus. or whatever. Yeah. Cause that's what it's like to play a PS3 HD thing, which back then that would just be like, Oh, this is a great value buy. They just put out like HD trilogies. Now just buy them all. I mean, like maybe one day they'll get to this. To be fair. So I just got a booklet. Th- that full was both. <laughs> To be fair, that was better than Pathologic, because the the version everyone plays of Pathologic is from 2005, which is an HD remake of a 1999 game, I think, or something. Yeah. And was, we, uh, I played it for the first time in, like, three years ago or something, so... Yeah, that was a relatively recent HD remake, but it was a, it was a remake made... The, in Pathologic's case, it was made because they... Uh, I think they even kickstarted or something, but they were they were going to make a... They were going to make a, a remake of pathologic oh i'm sorry i uh the original game is from 2006 the remake is 2015 i'm sorry yeah the uh the the thing that happened there is they were gonna remake pathologic and then they realized that they just there was so much they wanted to change in the remake which is why pathologic 2 is like a zelda sequel where it's like the same vague setting and characters but all the story has changed and so on uh, so that's what Dark Souls Three is. It's a Zelda sequel, kind of, yeah. But uh, <laughs> but the, so they were like, ah, fuck. We're, we're just gonna quickly up-res the original game and retranslate it. And so that's what they did. So the Pathologic HD that you can play is like a a better translated version that runs on modern hard- hardware. And then they left it at that. And then they got to work making the sequel sequel that was itself mm-hmm. the remake. But it's a remake that became a sequel remake reboot because <laughs> it's like. The sa- it's almost the same map and almost the same characters and almost the same story, but everything's like shifted around, like they redid it. It's like it's basically like when a different it feel it's like when a different movie studio makes the same Sherlock story, but it's the same studio, <laughs> so it's even more confusing. But uh, anyway, I uh, I'm happy that uh, so many games are currently available as remakes and so on, or like or specifically re-releases. Just like I don't. I don't I'm not I have more negative feelings about remakes but I just like that shit doesn't just become unobtainable like we live in the modern digital age where like I get really put off when I'm like oh man when I find like a PS3 game that was disc only so it's like unobtainable now and you're like no that was the era where you had the chance to be around forever I could be still downloading you today but uh this 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 thing is like an Ouroboros it's a nightmare where it's like uh, like I think about like specifically, uh, specifically Nintendo. Like they went back and like the Wii U, as maligned as it was, was like the Zelda machine because it it eventually contained every 3D Zelda ever made. Like they just made every single one of them on there one by one. Uh, and also like between the Zelda machine between <laughs> Skyward Sword and now. and i I, I talked about this in my video about it but like between skyward sword and now they did an hd remake of every single 3d zelda 
until they then hit like the 10 year mark where they then also made a remake of skyward sword so like spark like right around the time skyward sword came out they did uh ocarina of time and then since then they went all the way through the entire loop until now there is a there's currently an hd remake of every 3d zelda except breath of the wild <laughs> like and, <laughs> and they're already talking about like oh we're gonna put twilight princess on the switch or whatever or something like that i heard i think i've heard something like that like it's just like like it's like congratulations you, you got them all on one console just in time for that console to be dead and now the new one's out and there is this question of like how like do you just have a perpetual porting team that just endlessly ports your old games to newer consoles over and over again and has to pick which one it is and it'll always be this frustratingly incomplete list because by the time you get any headway on the list you then have a new console and you start over again <laughs> like what the fucking background it? it's like skyrim re-releases says, yes Yes. Or, Re- or Resident Evil 4 re-releases. Wait, it's... Resident Evil 4 has many re-releases? Oh, there's so many Resident I... Evil 4s. I yeah, didn't know. They've pretty much been on, like, every single console since the GameCube. Like, it's just, it has to, it's like a, a must-have. On you know, It's like the Skyrim problem, where, like, Skyrim's been mm-hmm. on every single console, and you're just like, okay, well, have you ever made a game besides Skyrim? Like, have you ever done anything past that? And they're like, no. That it's sounds still the like most work. recent one. It's a 10 year Yeah, Skyrim's game still the most now. recent one. Yeah, it's, it's like. We yeah. started and, off playing, like, gear, uh, playing Dark Souls and Skyrim. Like, that was at the beginning. Yeah. That's why I'm saying. The Skyrim I think, recording was so bad. I think we just deleted it and didn't upload yeah, it. Yeah, but it was, it was new at the time, <laughs> which is like, that's crazy. That's crazy to me yeah. that Sky, Skyrim has some. And, like, yeah, of course, it's not because Skyrim's such a good game. It's because there's such an active modding community. That you have what... people that are like <laughs> keeping it alive through like resuscitation on external content but like it's but to me it's it's crazy well like it's crazy to me that like it yeah. comes out on consoles again and again and again and it's just the base game it's not like they're it's not like they're porting some kind of magic version of skyrim every time i mean it's usually like when they change something isn't it worse like wasn't the special edition yeah. like hey all your mods don't work and also mods are worse now or something yeah well yeah because in the special edition they tried doing like a paid mod thing um like you had to pay to access mods and people were like no <laughs> like no we're not gonna do that because it's not like the mod people the people designing the mods were getting the money and so it was like no this is not gonna work and so no one just cared about the special editions like oh well in the trash it goes like it, it's mm-hmm. i don't know it, it's weird and i but people keep buying it so much people must want it and it must be a thing that they must have to have and i guess you could do the argument of like you know it's a generational thing like oh the people buying it today are the people who didn't have a xbox God, 360 i've still never like, had enough fun with skyrim to beat it once that's the that's huh? i mean that's the that's <laughs> another problem is that it's obviously not a it's not a game made for everybody but I don't feel like it's an, you know, a game made for enough people to re-release on multiple consoles. Not a very like, good RPG arc, is it? Like, you know how, like, in Morrowind, you can't, like, even hit things? <laughs> and then you, like, yeah. eventually become God or but some shit? Good. Like, like it keeps escalating and things are going... But that's good you can hit things. Yeah, there's, like, a rising element to it all. In fucking <laughs> Skyrim, it's like, I am the fucking chosen one Dovahkiin guy. I literally killed a dragon and stole its voice in, like, the first, like, hour where do you go from there it feels over it's like the fucking it's like it's it's like you, what do you it's it's like having the ending at the beginning and then trying to come up with more story afterwards it's like <laughs> i ascended a mountain and was chosen by a bunch of old dudes and slayed a dragon and shit like game over this was an interesting really, little one hour indie game bye 
I'm waiting so much. Uh, like, I'm looking forward so much to somebody coming up with an open world game. Even though open world games are not my favorite. But I, I do play them every once in a while. But coming up with a world game story that doesn't revolve around you basically being the lord of the whole world that is open to you or in a way either because you save it or because you have to kill everyone that is yeah it's like your job to conquer the map in some way and it's like it's like it's like this colonial approach to things or it's like (laughs) like like in a lot of games like there's the you have the game where you literally have to like uh there's i don't remember if this came up as much in uh specifically specifically in the wild but it's like an assassin's creed game or a silent or a Saints Row game or so on. Like, it'll literally have a map broken up into chunks where you essentially have to, like, conquer it or de- accomplish all these goals and mm-hmm. or make everybody on your side or something. Like, the that uh, that really shitty Kung Fu Furry game that came out this year. Uh, you have to, like, purge the world of darkness or something and, like, conquer the map with by picking a side and, having, and winning the war or whatever. But... I think uh, there are open world games. Oh, I mean, most GTA games are uh, are not necessarily about saving the world, and it, it's huge open world games. So the stories are there. Or like uh, the original Mafia was a game that I enjoyed at the time when I played it, and it was oh, it yeah. felt very much well. I haven't played felt very much like a cozy story. I haven't played one, but two was weird because like it basically it just just happened to have an open world, but didn't use it at all. <laughs> yeah, it just it was just okay. Now drive to your next story mission. I'm like, can I? Can I just be there? <laughs> All right, I guess I'll try. <laughs> yeah, that was the criticism of Mafia 2. The first game was a lot more in neighborhoods, if I remember correctly. So basically the quests would just revolve around the same neighborhood. You'd know it a little, and then you'd move on to another one or take trips out. I don't remember it too well. It's been a long time. But it felt very much like a GTA without the the incentive to go around smashing everything and punching everyone. Because GTA has, you know, in GTA you also don't need to, you also don't need to explore the open world, but the game rewards you if you do. Whereas Mafia, at least the first one, didn't reward you at all. So some people didn't like that. Some people felt that it was empty. And and the second game definitely drew that that criticism. I never played I, it. Or the third. Yeah, I've never I never played any of the Mafia games, which Pathologic is interesting for that actually. But the uh, pathologics of mafia game that's kind of no, sorry, <laughs> it doesn't reward you in the in the no, yeah. I, I, I mean, did the, the, I did first... the interrupting thing because a thought just like leaked out slowly. No, go <laughs> like, ahead, go no. ahead. I, I like the idea of a mafia, uh, <laughs> a mafia, what's it called? Um, pathologic experience. Mafia I, just... I, th- I think it'd be good. <laughs> the mafia pathologic. No, I, I just mean the fact that uh. Because you, t- you talked about you talked about like the specific like exploiting the map and all that like pathologic is like the anti that where it's like the entire map is decaying and what whatever flaccid attempts you could make towards in any way fighting against that is a losing battle all the way up until the ending. <laughs> yeah. Like you do not yeah. make headway. You just watch more and more of the map succumb and you can't stop it. And then in my case, you lose at the end, and that's the end of the game. The game gives you an ending. Which is, did, I think, did you it's lose a pathologic? I did, I did. I think, I think it's honest of the game, which, uh, in comparison to uh, Prey, Moon Crash, which is the DLC for Prey, the latest Prey. Um, the, do you know that in Prey Moon Crash, 
you you can never reload your game, right? That's one of the pretenses of, of the, the setup. You can never reload. You don't have a save system. Uh, and if you die, the game sort of boots you out of this simulation thing and you try again and there's, there's, there's mechanisms for you to, to do that. So there's no failure state throughout the whole game. It's, it's more of a setback if you do something wrong. Unless you're playing the, lay, the very latest part of the game, which is a very short section, where it could very well give you an ending for what happens if you die, which is a very serious possibility because it's, it, it's, it's a life or death situation at the end. And I died, and the game just gave me a reload from latest save. And I'm like, what? That never happened in this DLC. <laughs> And it broke the ending tone for me so much. <laughs> it was just like, wow. So basically because I, I could reload, I, I, the death uh, threat wasn't a problem. Uh, and so I figured out what I had to do. I actually had to look it, it like, up. It suddenly changed its rules in the final segment. It did. It did. And then it just gave me the ending cinematic, which, I mean, was what it was. And it's, it was, I'm not going to spoil it. But uh, yeah. yeah, it was just... I, I, like, I, I always like when games take obviously i always like when games take failure of objectives on the nose and just keep going either if it is an ending and and it's just like oh now you get this ending uh or and you reload if you want to get another uh, ending or if it is just changing obviously you could change the the storyline based on your failure which is always the best objective or the best thing but it's it's some it's i don't know it's something that Stuck with me. Prey Moon Crash was a huge disappointment. I like oh, it. The, they're new. They're, I, yeah, I know. We, talk, we talked it about was, it off camera. Yeah, a little. it was a fun, fun time. I don't remember a single part of the story. <laughs> that seems I, it was not just good. The, well, because for context, Andrew, it was a thing where uh, there's a moon base that has like collapsed or died or something. You know, like how every every immersive sim style game is always like the bioshock thing where it's like here's this place that it was like some kind of civilization or uh military or science location that has broken down and everyone's dead and there's like notes everywhere where you can uh, uncover non-linearly yeah. what happened it was like that kind of setting mm -hmm. but specifically yeah. you played as five characters that all were there during when it happened and so each time and what you do is you pick a character to play and then you you play a life as them so you you try to explore around and like the place gets more and more dangerous in a risk of rain sort of way where there's a timer and it keeps getting more and more into a corrupted level while you're while you're exploring and looting and shooting and all that and you like puzzle through some of the like the the like immersive sim style environment figure out how to open certain doors or certain things about the environment and then inevitably you will die or run out of time or something and then instead of being like, okay, you lo you lost, dummy, uh, load of save or whatever, it'll be like, no, that that's just what happened. Now play one of the other characters, and then you like you play as the other character, and like, oh, the doors I opened are open, and like the the loot I grabbed is gone. Like they, it's it's the same world as the the previous character ran through, and so you, so you uh, and each character has completely different abilities, and like I think maybe even inventory sizes or can use different tools or something. Yeah, yeah. And so eventually yeah. you get like the Metroidvania sort of feel where you've unlocked all five characters and you can use different characters to do different things in the environment. And like one of the ultimate goals, aside from just solving what happened ultimately at the Moon Crash base, is to uh, have all five characters escape from the base in the same run. So you have to figure out which so, escapes each one can access and like what their abilities are and like do a flawless run where nobody dies. 
and that's mm-hmm. way more and more memorable than like any of like what was the plot or what was the ending it's got like a framing <laughs> device that you're like a strange days style character that's like reviewing the tapes of what happened and or, or whatever via vr and you're sort of like reliving these yeah, people's experiences and like i guess it's like the assassin's creed thing where you're supposed to like try to recreate what genuinely happened uh via simulation and uh so what happened to so me you just keep looping. Oh, what happened to me is that to pick on what keith said that you find out that all the doors that you opened were open when you when you play with a new character or all the loot that you took was taken and the moment i found that out i saw no reason to ever not reset the simulation so basically the moment i died or i escaped it didn't matter i would just always reset the simulation so you would never play another character in the same room. I would play another character, but the character that I wanted on a fresh world. Uh, because it's just it's, you just make your life harder for yourself if you play the, the way I mean, the game pretends. I guess that you you're can just to. opt into not engaging with the systems. That is I think that's why I, I didn't have a good time. I also didn't have a good time because the game has a timer and so I can't just stop and look at the at the uh texts and uh emails because monsters will spawn behind me. So I, I just bad. Oh, yeah, I just bad. did. I just I just fucked off and wasted my time <laughs> for the first few runs and explored and just because I was like, I understood what type of game it was. So I was just like resigned to like, oh, yeah, these first runs, I'm just going to die. But I'm just going to like learn everything I can and about the story and the setting and like what happened and pick up on what's going on. Mm-hmm. And poke at this puzzle box. And then eventually it'll be like, this is the real run. Like Hades. Like you're just like, oh, I'm not. This is, I'm not gonna win this run. I'm just gonna kind of go, <laughs> and then eventually you do start oh, winning, and, and you kind of enter like the the part of your Hades playthrough where you're like, this is the part where I keep trying to win over and over again, as opposed to like just kind of pushing deeper into it. Be like, maybe I'll beat the bull this time. He's a dick. I didn't realize Hades does that as well, where you're. You get, I didn't know you get pro, you got progress by losing. And uh, Hades is like Rogue Legacy, where you have a, pers- a series of persistent currencies that upgrade your character and oh, so on. And so right. playing it over and over again makes you do like people do like blind runs and not blind, like a, like fresh runs where they're like, I don't even I haven't even died once. I don't even have access to the upgrade systems. They haven't even told me what they are yet. And I'm going to beat the game. And and maybe the Terrifying. game will have like maybe maybe the game will have like some cute, unique dialogue about it or something. But the game is you're supposed to lose over and over again like in rogue legacy mm-hmm. and slowly chip your way forward yeah the idea yeah. is that you uh not only are you making the game slightly more easier for you as you are learning it but then you get rewarded for making the game harder for yourself later so it's like a you get this weird like inverse uh growth where you want to like you want to do as much as you can to spend your currency to make the game more manageable for you to get through and then once you get to a certain point, there's like a plateau you get to where in order to progress down to the actual ending of the game, you need to start making the game harder for yourself by like adding these weird variables like enemies do more damage or enemies take more damage. And like then eventually you start up- upgrading all of these weapons. You start and when you start upgrading them, all of the gods start reacting to those upgraded weapons. And like then you start getting into the main like the finishing the main story. Whereas uh, a lot of roguelike games tend to stick to a pretty like clear scale where you keep going up indefinitely until you just stop getting until you get bored of the game or you beat it. And, you know, like a mm-hmm. Binding of Isaac sense of like 
I did it. I I saw every every ending. Um, Hades also clearly wants you to play forever. Yeah, Hades does want <laughs> you to keep forever. playing forever, which is which is why they give you like so many fucking variables to to add to your uh to make yourself punished more. And there's a lot of like there are in Hades there's so many things you can unlock and so many things like they even let you change how your HUD looks. Like you can get unlocks mm-hmm. for your HUD and. Mm-hmm. Who gives a shit? Like, I really, like, at the end of the day, like, at the end of the day, like, and I appreciate it. It's really, I'm not trying, sorry, I'm not trying to be like, like, wow, what a waste of time. That's really cool and interesting. But as a person who's just playing to get better at the game, I could give two shits if my HUD looks like one thing or another. All that matters to me is my ability to play the game is, like, as long as my skill is up and up. And I keep being able to beat harder challenges I put for myself. I could care less how the HUD looks. But somebody else might not. Somebody might say, look, I just want to have a fun time. Oh, and now it can look like summer? Cool, I'm going to do that. And it's like, that's fine. Great. Hades gives you a lot of options and customization and a lot of like side busy work you can waste your time doing if you want to. Or you can just put your head down and just beeline through the game. And, and I think a lot of the story is just so much like you, yeah, like, like but, you roll the credits by beating the game 10 times but you will not even be remotely close. Like I was prioritizing as hard as I could just getting nectars because I was trying, because I was hoping that I get as much story done as I could in the t- scope of the let's play. And I'm like, I didn't finish fucking anyone's stories. Like it's, mm. it, it's such a cosmic <laughs> infinity fucking like Northern Lion playing Binding of Isaac level of commitment to like get to any, to finish all the storylines of all the different characters beyond just beating the story and like getting the credits to roll when you beat the game 10 times like it's an astronomical investment it's kind of terrifying yeah i um i never played the uh, hades but i i watched your let's play i i couldn't couldn't really understand exactly what we were doing specifically with the mechanics because the way you play you just sort of engage more with a with your choices rather than necessarily just explaining the game that's right in front of everybody's eyes. Especially because a lot of people who watch our Let's Plays, they, they know how to play the game. Especially a game like Hades, I would say. But I'm ter- I'm terrible at, at th- that kind of games. I, I bought... Um, yeah, for the, for the average commenter, I was spending too much time talking about what I was doing. <laughs> uh, I, I bought Bastion on go. release. I remember buying it on release. And uh, the moment I got out of the tutorial area so not tutorial area but like the very easy first few levels and started to deal more with shield people and archers and like actual proper what bastion is um i i just got killed over and over again and i'm just like okay well i guess i i don't know how to play these games goodbye oh. i guess those were 30 bucks that i <laughs> went down the drain i mean not uh, really because it's an indie no. development yeah bastion, bastion's like 15 or something that was a cheap game it was okay yeah i don't remember yeah. it's, i know i bought it like on the day of release i was like i really want to see what this game is like oh yeah i know but bastion uh, it, and transistor both came out during an era where it was unheard of for a game like that to cost more than that whereas i think pyre yeah. and hades both cost more eventually which is good i mean i uh, yeah yeah like their their games are ridiculously well built oh yeah they're they really well made games like yeah and bastion being 20 dollars is like insulting can when you compare bastion to like other games of that year 
that costed more and you're like what what oh yeah i'm no, sorry we, we, did, we did a game of the year vote between the two of us back in 2011 when we started sad games and like ultimately portal 2 won because we what we did is we both did a ranked list between and then i averaged the our two ranked lists and collectively between the two of us portal 2 was the highest rated game but like it was genuinely hard for me to choose between portal 2 dark souls 1 and bastion as game of the year yeah. that's like the oh scale it was on and it's also fucking nuts. Those all came out that same year, and anyone gives a fuck about Skyrim by comparison? <laughs> like, <laughs> like fucking the old three of those games came out in 2011. Who gives a fuck about Skyrim? Game's so right. fucking boring. It's Dark Souls broke that kind of RPG for me forever. Like, I can't. I, it's so hard to handle games where you like. I'm just gonna flail at stuff or kind of just smack them a lot or. I don't know. Well, I mean, if it's an action me. RPG, if it's an action RPG, the action needs to be good. The action itself. And it's almost it's never good. <laughs> no, it yeah, isn't. That's, but, that, it's, yeah. but I guess that's like, that's what, again, that's what makes it so amazing that a game like Bastion even exists. Is that when you, you oh, look at like all so the... Good. Yeah, but you look at it, like you look at it again compared to things that came out during that year and you try to think about like, man, how... How did they just get away with doing this? How do you, how do other games get away with not doing even half the work that oh, yeah. went into Bastion and somehow get to copy break the in all of the profit? Which is that's great. You should have a sign. Like it's a great team. It's a great I'd, soundtrack. It's I'd like have everything to be like, about Bastion. We're gonna drive great. all the way to Southern California. It's gonna take eight hours, and I'd just be like, all right, Bastion CD on loop. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I remember the soundtrack impressing me early in the game. Oh, it's I don't so think I've ever good. even watched a Let's Play. It's just, it's really difficult to play those games. Well, it's not difficult. It's, it's if you don't click with it, with yeah. that style of, of gameplay, the game doesn't really allow you to learn it in, a, in the way that Dark Souls allows, for example. I think that's why, that's why I say Dark Souls isn't a difficult game. It's just it's it's a hard game to beat on your first try without deaths, which is what happens with a lot of RPGs. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, yeah. I, I, be, I just beat Dragon Age two, I died three times, and that's you know that's normal. It's a, it's a normal thing to do. Uh, do you go and play Dark Souls? No, you're not going to die three times. You're going to die three times to the first uh, few enemies in the first few levels. Fallout has a difficulty wall episode coming. <laughs> Uh, sorry, it takes a little bit more than three enemies to not die in Dark Souls. Like, you're to gonna, not to you're die? Gonna, to to oh, yeah. not to That's die? It's gonna take you, like, kind of, like, five to twenty-five enemies, and then you'll be like, wait a second, I think I know what I'm doing, and then you'll meet your first boss, and then you'll, like, have to reassess <laughs> everything you learn and go, no, I actually don't know what I'm doing. I got lucky. How the hell did I get there? <laughs> <laughs> Dark Souls is a Dark Souls is a very terrifying experience in like uh player confidence where you're but like yeah is, I think I've got something down and the game goes no no you just got the, lucky chump and you're like oh shit okay sorry I'll come back later. But the thing later. is like the, I'm not saying when I say it's not a difficult game I mean it I mean it I, I mean it it's in the sense of you just need to adjust your expectations. You can't expect to not die. In the Our sense expectations that were it too adjusted when we played it. Uh, that, that might be the case. What happened for in our case, because we because it's it's oh, immortalized when on when YouTube you played, forever, yeah. the trash that happened. But uh, 
what happened is that we were like we 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 finished the asylum demon situation and then we were like we went straight into like the fucking like the graveyard and it's like oh god all these skeletons just get back up when you defeat them and they're really dangerous and strong and there's a whole bunch of them at the same time and then even when you run past them the fucking kaiju skeleton will chase you down the tunnel and it's terrifying and then when we go down there people explode and there's holes everywhere <laughs> what the fuck is this and then finally like after a while we're like we must be going the wrong way so then we went down to new londo <laughs> so so now we're in the fucking ghost place where nothing can get hurt because they're ghosts and we're like and like the whole time you're like the, specifically the problem is that we're like we're, we we know the rumors about this game being hard so we're like well this game really is hard i guess that's true and so like you're 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 the game let gives you so much freedom to go in the wrong directions which i think is kind of a mistake uh, in the beginning yeah. of the game and then I, like uh, yeah. because the game's in famously hard you you're, you don't even know how to calibrate your expectations because you're like oh yeah the game's hard so i guess this is just what it's like i guess we'll figure it out but it's like no you're supposed to find this really specific not very visible uh path that goes up the side of the hill into like the waterway or whatever past some rat and then that takes you to the actual intro area, the lo the upper undead burg. That's like baby shit by comparison. It's a bunch of stupid zombies that die in like two hits. <laughs> like you're like, oh, this was here the whole time. Took us like three hours to find this place. We thought the other place was just <laughs> what the game was. I cut my teeth on the undead asylum, and it's the slow pace that did it for me. The because the game just me it just just makes you think like. You see a a, a a normal hollow ahead of you, just normal, just harmless hollow if you know their moves. But you're like, okay, let's get ready. Let's not take any hits. And then in comes the hollow with the, the that hesitating swing, and you're like, you yeah. roll too early, and then okay, there goes an Estus the flask. Let's do it. Traps. And then back and forth all the way up uh, uh, into the first bonfire in in Undead Asylum is what really clicked for me. And then just kept getting better because. First off, you start dealing with a with a really tough enemies soon, which are the the black knights or dark knights or whatever, and then you fight your first boss, which is the the Taurus. It's not a Taurus demon. What's the one up top? The the one in the, the asylum demon. No, no, no. In uh, undead asylum. Oh, am I saying the the wrong terms? Uh, oh, the undead berg. I mean, not uh, it's, the it's undead berg boss is the Taurus demon. Yeah. Yeah. The the. Yeah, not the Capra Demon, right, right. The Taurus Demon. Yeah, Capra so Demon is later, the Taurus, yeah. No, the Taurus... You fight the Taurus Demon. That's a, that's a fucking all... odyssey. If you can beat the Taurus Demon, yeah. <laughs> you can beat Dark Souls. <laughs> like... Yeah, yeah. Like, that is that, such that's a... Like... That's such a brutal... If nothing else, it's like the fact that it's like... That's the most Demon Souls level in all of Dark Souls, where you have to play this massive fucking level to get to the Taurus Demon but it's every so time. Good. So, like, every time you're trying to get back to fight him again, you once again have to figure out how to get through this path that can 100% kill you if you don't pay full mm -hmm. attention every time. And you just... You have to develop a system. Like, you just have to... You have to get yeah. used to it. And, like, and the game so never good. quite does learn, that to you though, again. A... Again. Yeah, it doesn't do that because it can't. Like, it, uh, just the the when when you learn it, you learn it. That's it. It's yeah. like going back back to play uh, Dark Souls three again. 
if you've beat it once, it's just gonna, it's like New Game Plus, even though you're playing on, uh, with a new character, because you know every move, you know, I mean, you may not remember exactly all the timings, but you you remember the level design, you don't, you not you know where to look, you know what you need to do, everything is different when you're learning, and the learning in Dark Souls is just brilliant, it's so well done, from a mechanical level, I'm not even talking about just, the. obviously, I, I, I think, it, 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 I think it isn't, as well done as it should be the the whole letting you go in down into the catacombs and or in the Nilondo area it's just like they should oh, just a have a, a <laughs> yeah it's, they, they shouldn't have the way they did because the the problem is it's just it's possible to kill the skeletons up top if it weren't possible to kill the skeleton skeletons up top you never would go down into the catacombs if you like if you had to have like a, a blessed weapon or something or it had to activate like a, uh, a like ring the bells to let the the skeletons be killable or something like that. It's something simple like that. You could do it like that because the the second bell. Yeah, you never need to go into the catacombs to ring the second bell, do you? Um, the second bell no, you go you go through lower undead burg into the depths. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah, you go no, from there through Londo. blight town. Yeah, yeah, that, all that area is just after ringing the bell, so it's yeah, like late Yeah, Nulanda's for four kings. Yeah, yeah. No, I, did, I did a gimmick run where I specifically killed the four kings before ringing the bells. So you have the you have one of the four great souls before ever even knowing that the great souls exist or why to get them, because <laughs> you just oh, have to power. you just have to go through Nulando, obviously, and then you have to you also have to go yeah. through the the garden to kill Sif because that's the only way to get fall, to survive the fall to the four kings. But yeah, it's the only one of the four souls oh. that's not locked behind one of those golden gates. Those golden fog mm -hmm. gates that dispel yeah, when you get the, the Lord Vessel. I saw one of them once. And I was super confused. I was like, what What in the world? Yeah. What is this? There's other gates? What does this mean? I don't know where, which one I saw. I think I saw the one that goes up to the scaleless, the, the castle, the scaleless. Uh, yeah, that makes Sith. sense. Because no. the, yeah. the Duke's archives are right next to, they're, well, they're in Anorlando. And it's, and mm -hmm. so you you just they just have to gate you like you, no you can't go left go go straight yeah. and go to Orangeton and Smo you can't go left until you beat them. But I think uh, like if I remember correctly, the only time I was a hundred percent lost and I didn't know how to advance was in Orlando where I couldn't find a rafter that you had to drop into to proceed. The one where you even go to the room with the um, with the painting, the big painting. Yeah, no, that's, you know, there's uh, there's really confusing elements here and there. Like you, yeah, you have to, it's go like scurry up, scurry along the flying buttresses or whatever the fuck words are yeah. for that that stuff. Because yeah. you, the way forward just doesn't work in Anilando. So you have to like, yeah, you have to like, it's part it's part of the DNA of the games a little bit is like that kind of fucking around. But like they kind of want you to feel like you're breaking the level a little bit. And then the, a lot of Anorlando is you feeling like you're running on the wrong along parts of the level that are supposed to be the non-interactive part. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really cute. Yeah, but I was I was genuinely lost there. I did not know how to advance. But, uh, fortunately, I was playing the game on stream when I first beat it, and somebody said you didn't look hard enough. And then I found <laughs> it. Look harder, dummy. Yeah, that's a, what, it's, it's, that? it's a really oh, interesting right. game. Did this is going back to uh, action RPGs not being dark, like Dark Souls. I honestly think that the next Elder Scrolls game, I don't know about the, the Starfield or whatever, because I don't know what kind of game it's going to be, uh, but uh, the next Elder Scrolls game has to have 
Dark Souls-like combat. Not Dark Souls-like difficulty or, you know, enemies, not, not, not that. Specifically the combat style, where you, you have this, this ponderous swing of a, of a sword or an axe or a weapon or a spellcaster or, and the locking on targets and all that sort of stuff. That needs to, that needs to exist because the, the, it just makes it fun to play the game. And I think, I think it's just not fun. Skyrim is just not a fun game to play on a moment-to-moment thing and the evidence of that is in the the way they approach loot and the way they approach the just the, you know the the the, the economy of of, uh, of the game because think about it you explore so much in Dark Souls and in Dark Souls 1 you might as well not even be able to sell anything that you collect. You don't even think about selling. You can sell things to one specific character. In Dark Souls yeah. 2, is the same thing. You can sell things to one specific character. Uh, but it's like, the eco- there's no economy in Dark Souls. There's, there's no, it's full of exploration, and it does not need to, to sustain itself you just gotta go in find jewels things. or treasure. It's just exploration. It's such a brilliant mechanism, and it's all because... Well, well for one, it's the... It's the nature of the leveling up and the experience. So that's the treasure. The souls are, you know, the experience of of, that you get from killing things is the treasure. But Skyrim doesn't, you know, it also has experience, but it needs to sustain itself all with the treasures and the locks and the things and all that. And it's uh, it's so obvious that they have to have that. In uh, it's just I I think that to really be successful, they need to come up with something better. The real Dark Souls are the friends we made along the way. Like, who the fuck knows? That game's massively more successful than Dark Souls will ever be. So I guess being kind of bad is the answer. Who the fuck knows? Like, I, well, I don't. I wouldn't gauge that as success. <laughs> I don't think. I wouldn't say that Bethesda is a successful company. I would say that they are a sustainable company. They can keep them. Actually, I don't even know if that's true because they. they I don't <laughs> think they sold themselves to Microsoft on purpose. Like, I don't think they sold it because they were making mad money. I think they sold themselves because well, they were like, shit, this Fallout is not 76. going well. Fallout 76 and the state of their current games have been a bit of a problem for the company. Yeah, I wonder like, why. I wonder if there's any kind <laughs> of like uh, specific one factor that could be leading to the, to the continual decline of Bethesda's uh, shares. I, I, it, couldn't, it couldn't be anything to do with the game they just released on the new Xbox and PS5. Um, what game? Uh, Skyrim. They just re-released oh, Skyrim. Skyrim again. <laughs> like maybe if they fucking just made a new game, Jesus Christ. And Fallout seventy six doesn't count because you they just copy pasted Fallout fucking four. You can't do that. Make a new game. It has to be a it brand was... new game. No, they're now they're trapped so in the No Man's Sky loop of trying to redeem seventy six by updating it over and over again for years, and it's like. Once again, would have been nice to put that effort in before you put it out, because that's the reputation it's, forever. It's never going to happen, though. Fallout 76 yeah, you're, is a game. because you're always trying like to war. bolt shit onto a game that's already live, so you can't fundamentally change it. You can just keep trying to <laughs> oh, that too. I didn't even think it. about that. I didn't. Yeah, that's very true. I didn't even think about that, because you're fighting the players who are already playing but the problem i think the problem with Fallout 76 is that it's a game at war with itself it's a game that centers around you collecting things which is fine there's a lot of games that center around there but then does everything it can to impede you from collecting things as in the carry weight is a pain the inventory system is a pain the upgrade system is a pain it's all it's like 
it's a you can't replicate Minecraft by being harder to play than Minecraft, and Minecraft is way too hard that, as uh, already. And they, they try to make it a Minecraft game where you just have the you know mixture of uh, building and 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 surviving, which is fine. It's, there's a lot of games that try to be that, but you need to make it so much easier to build. And that game is just so difficult. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. It's I'm, goals I mean, are I'm confusing because sure. it's like this like Borderlands yeah. Minecraft, and I'm like those things don't actually like match <laughs> they don't necessarily combine in any meaningful way so you just randomly grab bagging yeah. things that are popular at the time and mashing them together into a game and i'm like you know what was yeah. popular bethesda fallout maybe you should just make the fallout instead of other people's games in the fallout like fallout was fine you could i mean it wasn't <laughs> four was bad but <laughs> But trying yeah. to make the next game be like, because they, they pulled like a fucking Epic Games, like fucking, we're going to just be cowards and steal somebody else's genre instead of making the game mm -hmm. we were trying to make. And it's like, that's not all right. I mean, it worked for Epic, I guess. It's a really depressing thing to see happen to like one of the only AAA RPG developers, though. Especially since like Bethesda is one of the few people that actually... And it's it's fucking very variable impact, I guess. But like, they're even one of the handful of RPG developers that would make some of the games I would actually call RPGs. And I'm like, sure, it'd be mm -hmm. nice to see one of those come out every three years instead of like, oh, we'll maybe get around to one every six to seven years, but then we'll be less of an RPG than ever before. And it's like, this is a bad arc. Stop that, please. Who's nobody? Yeah, I don't know who wants this. I mean, that's the thing, though, is like there there's this Bethesda is such a great example of over accessibility, like creating a game that's so accessible for literally anybody that it's not made for anybody. And you're like, well, what? Who? What? We're in, the, people, I mean, we're, we're in the dark timeline at this point for RPGs. <laughs> like, yeah, like yeah. I, I for for literally years, like it would come up in like my Q&A or something or I'd, I'd discuss about how like. Every AAA RPG developer, their most recent project is the, their worst one. And like they're all <laughs> going downhill collectively. And the one shining beacon is CG Project Red, who had made at the time like Witcher 3 and its expansions and so on. But now even them, the one no, exception also only has like, has an appallingly bad project as their most recent game and it's like oh my fucking what is wrong what is wrong with the entire industry something needs to be addressed here like capitalism has failed it's time to re rebuild the system apparently like it broke video games they can't make video games anymore no one can make video games no one can yeah that's true and it's if you like... look elsewhere in the, in the industry it's not it doesn't necessarily get any better you're just like what the fuck just... is happening it's just that we if we if we uh expand our horizons far enough we we pick up on all the great gems that have come out over the years that somehow feel that are fewer and far between. But still, if we expand <laughs> our horizons, we start mixing up things like The Last of Us with The Outer Wilds and... Uh, um, you just need to, like, whap these people on the head and be like, no, bad. Everything you make is bad and trash now. Something's wrong with you. Go, go spend a month... Just go to the fucking super giant offices and intern there for a month. Learn what the fuck they're doing. Bring that home as an ambassador program. Figure out how to be like super giant because apparently 
they're the one company where their most recent project is their best one as opposed to like whatever the fuck the people that are actually making money are doing <laughs> like all the biggest most massive companies the, are they're the run by idiots. Are making money none of them know what they're doing the, the people who are making money are people like Activision and and Electronic Arts and Microsoft. And even they like actively defy logic on anything that they're doing. Like they just like they'll have something successful and they'll shit on it and destroy it. And they'll everything's yeah. nothing's ever good enough. Like but this is this is coming up recently because I'm playing Dead Space and like there's this really insulting loop with Dead Space where the games were perfectly fine. They did great. They were beloved. They were critical darlings. There's so much buzz. The whole reason that, that remakes have buzz of them now was because the games did well and were beloved when they came out. And like one person was like, well, to be fair to EA, and I can't believe I'm saying this, the game never made money. I'm like, incorrect. It fell short of projections, which is like pretend failing. <laughs> like it sold yeah. 4 million copies. It's It was a wildly successful game, but they were like, yeah, but we decided it should have made more. So now we're going to just like stick all and of our only... fingers in the pudding and fuck up the sequel and destroy the franchise permanently and then destroy the studio that made it and then be sad when nobody likes us and then 10 years later remake the fucking game and try to do that for good pr and it's like you know what could have you know who would have been good at making remaking the game the game the people that made it and you also you know who would have been good at making profitable sequels uh the people that made it too bad you fucking deleted them from existence and now they're like oh now they're a bunch of fucking indie devs they're gonna be like over here making like, i'm making the spiritual successor to the game i once made because it's mismanaged yep. into oblivion and now which i'm is, gonna make pretend Mega Man and pretend dead space and so on which is like boring i hate i do not i i really hate the word spiritual successor and oh yeah <laughs> Because all spiritual successor is uh, is somebody saying, "I made a thing that you liked, but it's not as good as the thing you liked." And you're like, well, "We had well, a whole extended we, all, we had a whole extended like, discussion on this podcast in the past about how like yeah. the worst parts of Outer Worlds are the parts where it's a spiritual successor to New Vegas and trying way <laughs> too hard to be a shitty Bethesda game when the whole point of of outer worlds was that it was the return of the developer from before the fallout was a shitty bethesda game but they were painfully making it as a bethesda well, faithful game and now yeah. their legacy is still chained to making a shitty bethesda game and it's like you guys are free it's like no it's got to be a successor to new vegas which means it's got to look like a bethesda game and play like a bethesda game you, and it's like but that's but bad. you understand that right it is bad but like it's well, not it's where just... the finances come from. It's like how all the like how the but modern artist just... online needs to do fan art in order to get attention, and then they do their personal project on top of that. I think it's also it's just more than like, that, though. I think it's kind of a commentary too, but I think I don't know. Yeah, I think it's more than that. I think it's like you need to think of a company like Obsidian. It's it. Uh, I mean, I suppose it, it depends on how stable their funding is, but when they tell a a, a publisher that they're making a game. Part of the reason why the publisher is going to be interested in 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 paying for that development or or at least subsidizing it in any way to then reap the profits, but part of the reason is how much does this new game appeal to your already existing fan base? And if you think of if you think of uh, Obsidian, most of their fan base comes from New Vegas. It's by far and away their their most popular game. It sold twelve million copies. It's like it's just it completely overshadows everything else they have made 
And while I think it's an amazing game, uh, personally, I don't think it should be represented. Or it even is representative of who they are as a company. So they, they so, definitely are. They sorry, definitely are sort on. of uh, holding on to it to New Vegas in, in, in outer worlds. But I think the reason for that is because that's their fan base. That's the people who have played any of their games. They played New Vegas. So, they, you know, that has to be like a touch point. And I, like, I, I agree with you that it is a worse game for trying to be New Vegas, too, in a way. It doesn't do it every time. It doesn't try it to be every time. It is a worse game for it. But it, there's a, I think there's a market reason, which... Oh, absolutely. It, yeah. It's weird because exhausting. their publisher, like, their publisher doesn't. I, I, I forgot the like, title, but like, aren't those, aren't the old Dead Space just making a new Dead Space game now? Like, they're, but it's called something else. I oh. don't, I don't follow. Their... No, they're 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 literally like just remaking Dead Space. No, it's no, yeah, the a... EA is remaking Dead Space, but I heard the real developers of Dead Space are also making a game that's a spiritual successor to Dead Space. And I, then I we bet have they like, are. and then like yeah. we got the fucking oh, it's the guy that made. Mega Man made Me- Me- Mighty Number no. Nine, and the guy that made Castlevania made Bloodstained, and uh, the fucking the guy guys made Turtle Chen- made Chen- Turtle, Chen- Turtle, Turtle Boys made fucking uh, Back for Blood. Like it's Andrew, for atmosphere. with the same naming scheme. You found it, Andrew. You were gonna yeah, you were gonna uh, say something negative, about Negative Atmosphere is the name of the uh, spiritual oh, successor, um, and it it looks like someone just copied the homework. Uh, <laughs> like it really just looks like hey don't it's you the can market. copy it but yeah, don't don't let someone I'm know saying. you did it and it's like why why just don't do that like so just make tiring. just take the cre- take the creative yeah. energy you you had to create dead space and just make something different like yeah, don't just make the, dead space make something then no one else. will care about is the problem but yeah but that's, that's the problem but, no, but when you say that, that doesn't that's not true because no one gave a shit about dead space until dead space existed exactly like no one no one gave a shit about anything until it came to existence. Like, I, I don't understand how, like, the, the idea of... You don't understand, like, why is, Andrew, capitalism breeds innovation. Like, <laughs> like yes. let me... So, to put it in yes. perspective, Outer Worlds <laughs> is published by Private Division. And you know yes, what else Private yeah. Division published? Hades. So, like... But for them, they're... You, need, when, you, when, you, when you talk to a shareholder and say... Well, but again, you need money. And so to get money, you need like a publisher is going to put it forward because they're, they're investing. They're an investment company that's going to get that money back. But, uh, but you need to think from, I, from Obsidian's perspective, though. It isn't that uh, private, private uh, division. Yes. It isn't that private division says you need to be like New Vegas. It's that Obsidian themselves, when they're making a game and before they even show it to publishers, because they do all the internal tests and all those things. Uh, when they're making and pitching a game internally, they already are aware of the market dynamics. And so they sort of self-censor in a way. And they try to go towards where their fan base already is. And that's why they it, it comes out like that. The The pitch, the, the initial pitch that they made to Private Division already had the DNA of New Vegas in it. I'm sure. I'm, I'm like I'm talking obviously not without, uh, without personal experience because I don't know anybody personally in the company. But uh, this is my understanding of how it works. They... they they come up with the games internally, they develop, they prototype it and all that, and they, they go to a publisher and they show what they have, and what they have already is tainted by capitalism. <laughs> Space! I guess. But, I, but again, like, I, I, my argument is that, like, it looks like Private Division, and the other game that Private Division published is Kerbal Space Program. And, like, 
I'm just saying this company yeah, they, seems to be pretty diverse in what they yeah, invest yeah. money into. So I doubt you would have had a hard time showing up with Outer Worlds if you, even if you didn't make it a one-to-one of Fallout New Vegas. I'm sure. Like, I'm sure if, yeah. I bet you if you showed up with a good enough pitch, which I think Outer Worlds is by itself standalone, a good enough pitch. If you brought that to them without having to add the fucking flavor text of like, ooh, but it's also like Fallout New Vegas, then like I bet it wouldn't have been an issue getting published. I'm and, sure, but but and so like, my of, my argument is like, why? Why would you do a spiritual successor when I doubt that that is going to be like if you showed up and said, hey, we're just going to make Fallout Three, but in space, or Fallout New Vegas, but in space, Fallout someone would be like, in space, yeah, someone's like, oh yeah, I can see that this is clearly going to win ninety percent of the market share. Like, no, it's always a gamble. This shit's always a gamble. But the difference is like you prove it based on your like the team and their experience and the plan and how much like thought had gone into the decision if you show up there with like a, a sticky note and say like all right so my sticky note says rpg fallout new vegas capitalism bad i think they would probably look at you and go all right you're gonna need a little bit more than that but uh but like they showed up they could have had I, and I'm, my argument is that they could have shown up with re- really anything and if it was a well thought out idea it probably would have got published by them it doesn't seem like they have a very like narrow-minded critique on what kind of stuff that they're going to invest in they're willing Mm -hmm. to invest in something if the 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 design is there and i bet you like the pitch for hades probably went equally as interesting like someone showed up and said okay look roguelike but with greek gods and you're supposed to die a lot and someone probably went (laughs) okay all right sounds pretty good like (laughs) i I, I still think that it, the, the, the sort of breaking point happens earlier than showing it to any publisher. It's, it's, the, it's the pitching inside of the company. It's, the, it's whoever decided to hire Tim Kaine and Leo Wajarski, who, are the, who mm-hmm. were the leads for, for, for them and were the leads for Fallout 1. Uh, it's whoever decided to hire them already had the go-ahead from the higher-ups being like, okay, but you can't deviate too much because I can't, I can't trust it, my, the company's money on that or something. Because you have, like, both uh, Obsidian were, was in a situation where all of their games at the time of release of, of uh, The Outer Worlds, uh, was all, all their recent games were failures in, in the... They didn't sell very much. Uh, Pillars of Eternity 2 didn't break the the half a million sales until like a year later. Uh, and um, the other one that they released, Tyranny. Tyranny also didn't sell more than, uh, I think it was 300,000. Um, and this is the, these are old numbers, so maybe they, they've been updated. Uh, and uh, they had that that whole thing with their... Uh, uh, those ta- the war- It wasn't World of Tanks. It was like a competitor to World of Tanks that kept them afloat. There was like this offshoot sort of development for a, a third company that that basically kept the whole company afloat because it was like a contract work for making a game, and all like all these are super dangerous, risky ventures making these games for a company like Obsidian, and and that's why Meanwhile, that's why like Microsoft Obsidian Microsoft and Larian are like all that's left. Yeah. Then, but that's why Microsoft I, coming in and being like and, t- and asking them specifically, what games do you want to make? Don't consider budget. What games do you want to make? And that those uh, so reportedly th- those were questions that were being asked before, uh, you know, in the interviews that Microsoft made with them um, before they decided to buy uh, both. Because Microsoft bought both Obsidian and in uh, and in Exile, who made Wasteland and who made Bard's Tale. Um, 
So they have two. And that's a like, game that big... feels like it didn't even have a publisher. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think it was I, published by Microsoft. It was supposedly I, published. I think uh, yeah. Wasteland Three was published by Microsoft supposedly, but was like it? it, yeah, sure, mm. it doesn't feel like it was funded well, by I anyone. Think, yeah, I think I think Wasteland oh. Three was. Uh, yeah, it's pub. No, uh, uh, sorry. Wasteland Three yeah, makes me uh, sad. Did you Wasteland Three f- definitely definitely feels bad. What? Sorry. Did you ever finish well, your Wasteland Three series yet? I did. I did. Uh, I I finished the DLC as well. How'd that go? Also, oh, yeah, it was DLC. Oh God! It was not published by uh, by Microsoft. It was published by Deep Silver. Deep Silver. There you who, go. Who is notoriously known for only publishing the best games? Like oh, wait, is the company <laughs> yeah, wasn't the company was bought by Microsoft. Uh, I think uh, in, in in Exile's case, yes, they they were they're bought purchased by Microsoft. by Microsoft, but the game's not published by Microsoft. That's weird. Yeah, because they were so they're not getting deals. Yeah. They're yeah, older so, deals. Like, yeah. So Microsoft isn't like directly giving them money to make this game or to publish this game. So what does uh, Microsoft do? <laughs> uh, no, no, for the new games, the, that is that's how it works. Basically, the they, they in case of In Exile, they're just it, a did brand. Did game have a publisher no. before Microsoft bought it? I don't. Uh, I don't yeah, know. If that's Deep how it is. And that's Wasteland why three was already that far in production. Yeah, yeah. It's been in see... development since uh, two thousand. Uh, since basically Wasteland two came out. How weird is it that Obsidian now has like a survival multiplayer game with ants? I don't think they are owned by Microsoft. I, I want to play that in game. In Exile? Are you sure? Uh, Deep Silver. Oh, Deep Silver yeah, isn't. No, no, no. Yeah, I it's don't an think old, Di- yeah, it's, it's no. sold contracts. Yeah. You know how it goes. I don't think, I don't think Deep Silver is owned by Microsoft. I think no. they're just... Uh, no one, yeah, no one thinks Deep so Silver is owned by Microsoft. Oh, sorry. You think... Oh, you think uh, In Exile is owned Inex- by Microsoft? Yeah, yeah. yeah which is why so, it feels yeah, weird it, that they're, they have a game being published by someone else. Well, that's probably because, again, Microsoft didn't really put much money into it. They put, like, enough to pay the salaries, and they're like, all right, if you want, like, actual work done, you're going to have to get somebody else to It's previous con- It's pre- previous contracts before the acquisition. They just signed contracts when the when the, like, marketing starts and all that sort of stuff, and this happens years in advance. The same happened with the with the the outer worlds it wasn't published by microsoft even though it was all like the original game was uh, was released after microsoft bought in exile uh, bought obsidian and it was still private division publishing it this is normal it's just older contracts i guess it just uh yeah. i i don't know i guess my the point i'm trying to make ultimately is just that you can't there comes a point where you can't create good stuff by trying to uh by trying to plot out its profitability like at some point you can't there there is no there is no math to figure out why among us made as much money as it did there's not any kind of like (laughs) crazy statistical bullshit you can pull out of your ass and go like ah yes if we just create among us but with giant butts we're gonna make so much money like there's no it's really fascinating how the industry out. simultaneously has like really interesting and exciting new things that come out of nowhere, but also yeah, like all the powers that be are just like it's it's like I talked about the Ouroboros of like Nintendo and an infinite loop of remaking its own games, but it's like a it's like an Ouroboros Hydra 
which have fun drawing that idea and figuring out how to make that work. But it's like, it's not just that the same franchises are being remade at, at, uh, at all, all the time, but on top of being remade, they're having sequels and reboots. And on top of having sequels and reboots, there's like a disgraced original developer that's the real person that made it originally or has some kind of like reputation tied to that particular franchise and they're making a living separately off of being the spiritual successor of the real version of that franchise and all three are yeah. happening at the same time and like i'm gonna <laughs> fucking lose my mind because yeah like the, like the idea that there's a there's a de like they're there's a dead space remake and i think i read that they're making a dead space sequel but at the same time there's a dead space like the real dead space people are making a real dead space all at the same fucking time we're like <laughs> or the weirdness of like how like the disgraced uh canceled resident evil like two uh remake original team then just retooled the remake into like daybreak 1988 or whatever it's called so there's like two resident evil 2 remakes at the same time because one of them's like yeah. an off-brand like great value remake and it's like it's just like infinite looping of of wanting the same thing over and over again it's, yeah the market uh, is so saturated that it really just lends itself to this sort of basically marketing wars at the end of the day it's not so much about yeah. whether the games are good or not this is just the hollywood problem where you get to a point yeah. where you stop you stop making really good stuff and you just start making really safe stuff and you make things that aren't like that aren't going to break the bank but that aren't going to make you multi-billion dollars which is like from a business sense makes sense you know like yeah sure just keep pumping out like superhero movies until it basically loses you money and like why would you ever stop doing that if it makes if it makes you at the very least a net positive like if it makes you a net like a net neutral and maybe you'll get some positive you know bonus from that then okay cool but the moment it makes you lose money can it throw it away in the trash which is like which is fine but again like you if you look at someone like ea they, they're a little bit unrealistic they go on like two variables which is it has to make a certain amount of money and it has to reach a certain meta score or critic and like if it doesn't reach those like either of those two it considers it a complete absolute dumpster failure fire everyone involved take it throw it in the trash and then like 20 years later go, hmm, have you guys ever seen Dead Space? <laughs> like, but, <laughs> but like, but again, you're, you know, it, this isn't going to work if you just keep doing. Uh, it's so yeah, fucking gross going. to see a company bank so hard on a remake of a game that they themselves deemed unworthy and like ruined themselves and so on and like it's like but the, that, and they're like oh yeah we're all great fans of dead space here aren't we us the guys that are the reason why it's gone in the first place <laughs> you fuckers yeah, it's, exactly it's, it's like that exactly. it's like that it's so yeah, it's like that meme. so farcical, it, it is like, like that yeah. it's like that meme of the guy wearing the hot dog uh and people are reading like, it out know, they're so fucking excited who... about it i'm like what the fuck yeah. guys but it it is like the meme of the hot dog guy where it's like, I don't know who killed Dead Space, but we're going to find him. And it's like, <laughs> guys, like, come on. What, what is this shit? Who do you think did this? Like, yeah. oh, man, I can't wait. New Dead Space coming out. Finally, I've been waiting yeah. so long. Why did you wait so long? Well, what, <laughs> yeah, what, what could have possibly been the reason that you got a bad Dead Space 3? I don't e know. EA well, I guess trying we'll, to pretend we'll, they didn't drive the EA car. <laughs> yeah like oh i don't know we'll never we'll never know who was the one who destroyed dead space as a franchise it couldn't have possibly been the people making it again no that can't be it like and it's it, i don't know but it like i i talked about this in discord too where i think like 
nothing nothing tells me a game is garbage than how much publicity a game gets like the more and more like dead space is being so hyped in this like almost comical size bubble that like the only the only possible reason for this could could only be one thing this game isn't going to be as good as you want it to be and you have to like get all you know it's like the cyberpunk thing you have to get so many people invested early on because they're like everyone everyone knows that this isn't going to go well except for the people who can see how bad it's going and so from our from a consumer perspective we're just like oh cool dead space but in like xbox x graphics great but everyone on the development side is like oh this isn't gonna <laughs> like oh <laughs> we're just we're all we're doing is we're just doing dead space but like an hd remake and we're just not saying it's an hd remake but like we didn't do anything we didn't mm-hmm. do anything this new, is gonna be warcraft 3 all over again yeah. This is just going to be Warcraft 3 all over again, and we're going to hope that no one notices, and we're going to hope nobody cares, and they just don't acknowledge the fact that we've done nothing new or original. Like, I bet you, if anything, they're going to do the stupid twinkle twinkle fucking uh, <laughs> advertisement again, just so that they can like push the button and go like, get it? Get it? It's that game you love. Get it? Uh, yeah. Don't you feel that love? Your again? mom like, hates the Dead Space remake. <laughs> Yeah, right. Like it's just, it, I, but it's, but like you said, it's really insidious because you, yeah, again, just you go back to like, yeah, but like it goes back to the thing of like at the end of the day, who did it? Who, who done it? Who done the, it could who have done been the anyone bad? will like, never solve the murder of Dead Space. Yeah, like who done the, who done this game dirty? And then you look and you go, huh, that name on the publisher side looks really familiar. An EA. I think I've seen that before. Wasn't that in the, Oh no, like you just <laughs> how do you how do games keep getting supported to enough to I and again I don't see the financials for like EA or Ubisoft or Activision. So I don't know how profitable these companies are or how much they're just like hemorrhaging money like it's made of water. But I think a lot how, of them had like a record these, year like in 2020 or something. Which is, but again, it's like, how am, am I crazy? Am I a no, crazy it's, person it's for EA like sports. looking at these EA games and going is like, brutal. is this is this really a good game? Do you people really like this? Is this am I like I, I get that's like nothing's made for me, but I but there's a difference between going to a restaurant and going like, oh no, I don't think that like you know macaroni salads made for me versus like okay, that's literally just dog shit on the menu and no one's talking about this. All right, you're just gonna let that be there, like you just. You're just gonna let these people sell dog shit. Okay, that's fine. I'm not gonna. All right, fine. Like, how do you how do you look, how do you look at a Call of Duty every year and go like, ah, oh, yes, finally, Mwah, some some real food. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it, it's just it's bad, but it keeps being good enough to make another one. And obviously, it's not hurting them because I've seen games that are interesting ideas but don't financially make it. And they just get thrown in the dumpster like it was a mistake to ever even think about it. I'm just amazed at, at like, this point that AAA publishers' decisions are so consistently poor that it's just an advertising thing now to like advertise that they're not going to do the thing from before, or like they have like apology <laughs> advertisements. Like the uh, what is it? Uh, Jedi Fallen Order and Dead Space's remake are both specifically advertised about how the EA behaviors that won't happen this time, like microtransactions and things. Like there's just an apology as like a bullet point. It might as well be on the fucking box, basically. Like that's part of the advertising strategy. Is just like preemptively saying we're not going to do those EA things. We swear until this game's successful, and then we do it in the sequel. Uh, 
and it's like <laughs> yeah it's, it's straight up there with like oh we made another really bad fucking bioware game well the next one will totally have casey hudson or whoever the fuck name we can try it out this time to say that the sequel will be good this time we swear like, yeah. Yeah. It's, they do it up, they do it over Bing. and over again i've seen fucking yeah. i swear bioware has literally been like oh but we're bringing back the guy like four times now in for different sequels like we swear it'll be good this time we brought back the guy that rode the first the first one and a half mass effects or something that's, that's an evolution one of, the, of the old strategy of uh you buy this game that is a spin-off of the the game that you really want to see so that we can make the game that you really want to see back when it was all about the rage was all about going from like top down games into action games 3d and stuff like that now I, these days it's just it's just a lot more farcical even honestly because it was always a lie and it is a lie now it's it's really funny too when you look at uh i remember during the press release for like the new dead space one of the big bullet points was like no microtransactions and <laughs> my first thought was i'm sorry was that like uh was that a was that a possibility because the first Dead Space didn't even like have a whiff of microtransactions. Oh, it's what a are you, super is, weird thing yeah, to say like, when you're remaking like, a game you, that didn't have any. Yeah, like it. It almost sounds. It's you know. Again, it's like uh, I wasn't thinking like of microtransactions before, but I am now. Yeah, like that's what that's what I'm saying. It's like it's like you walk into a room and someone says yeah. like, "Oh, good thing Bill doesn't have a gun." You're like, "Is that?" It's is like that, it's like that, how the remake of Demon's Souls like, had <laughs> items that were exclusive to the pre-order. Yeah. They added pre-order bonuses to the remake of Demon's Souls, a game that didn't have that stuff. It's like, oh wow, it's, look, it's worse now. And it's it, yeah, but it's alarming because when you say that, like especially when you have to specifically say that in a marketing sense, like oh, oh there's bad. no microtransaction, you go like, okay, so when is there? It like uh, you say there's none. But I'm only believing you up until the point of release. So when is it going to happen, and why is it going? Like, where is, or where, where could you possibly stick microtransactions in Dead Space? And I don't kind of want to know the answer, but I'm also very curious as to why you think Dead Space needs microtransactions. <laughs> like, it's, and again, but then at the end of the day, again, we go, we go all the way back, and we say, "Wow, that's cool. It's a bullet point. No microtransactions. Why do they have to say that?" Why, why, maybe, maybe there's like a, maybe we should just stop letting a company that does this consistently exist. Like maybe we should stop letting EA make games and then they have to tell us they're not going to make games with that EA flavor anymore because we know it's that one a lot, but we all but like, but yeah, like how, how else do you just describe an EA game? An EA game is farts. a game that, uh, yeah, EA game is a game that is made with what feels like a shoestring budget on yeah. the backs and labor of hundreds of people who I, I just am going to assume are dead until proven otherwise. And the game also has to have some kind of insidious, like, always-on system. So either a microtransaction or some kind of, like, level-up system that's connected to EA servers, and that gives you some kind of, like, funny money currency Online that you use to, like... passes, remember those? Yeah, or, like, Jeez. a pass, or, like, there's some... There, like, EA always has some game way used, to make... you have to pay a $10 DLC to access the full features. Yeah, they're, like, an, an EA game is a game where you pay $60 for it, but it costs you 120 to actually have the full thing. And, like, it's it's weird that that still keeps being true like they never stop doing that like you buy any ea sports game and it's literally just like 
hey, how can we mix Magic the Gathering and sports? And you just like have to take a step back, like stand up, look around and go, I'm sorry, people buy this every year? And this is like normal to you people? Like you just think it's okay to start a game up and it says, hey, by the way, you want to play multiplayer? I hope you like are willing to pay money for trading cards. And you're like, I'm sorry. It's shocking if you're not used to Halo, seeing that. It is Halo 2 came out like 20 years ago. No, more like 15 years ago. Five years, 15 years ago. And it had an online system and it didn't, it, it, and it had customization and it didn't require anything out of you but like leveling up by playing more. That was it. You just, you just keep playing the game and you get costumes. And, but the costumes didn't matter. They didn't do anything. They're just like dumb little cosmetic things to make your head look like a ninja. And like, that's, that's <laughs> about it. You could buy a DLC map, but it didn't matter because you could still play the game without that DLC map. And, it, and actually, if you just waited long enough, they just give it to you for free because they eventually got to a point where like, now we got new DLC. And so now the old one doesn't, doesn't matter anymore. And like, we will, we will always we go- be a broken record of just like, Going back but, and like, praising how, how cool the how Halo did, Halo 2's online DLC system was. How the hell did you go from Halo 2 going like, uh, I don't know, it's kind of weird that we're paying like, you know, maybe $10 for two maps. It's a little pricey. I don't know. To, hey, how about we invest like $500 into a video game so we could build the exact or arsenal of people we want just so we can win a fake fictional game against people that are like 10 years old. What? <laughs> Like Wait, Naughty Dog is... used to just make a new franchise every five years? <laughs> no, because they haven't made a new franchise in five years. Like, the, like yeah, I don't, I don't like, know. The, the, I, I, things just got really Rockstar boring. Made games? Every major yep. company. Was, oh, God, yeah. yeah Skyrim, what was the last Rockstar Skyrim and GTA game? 5, oh, Red Dead 2, sorry. This de- we're both in this fucking tailspin of chasing one thing forever, and it's like, how do we make more money out of the thing we already made forever? But yeah, like every significant company just chases its tail forever like it was nice that overwatch happened i guess but blizzard is just endlessly remaking its old games or planning the sequels like when like when's the next diablo and so on and it's like i don't know you could like create things instead that'd be fun because yeah every major company it's like we're just gonna go make the sixth one in this franchise like now now kratos is a dad (laughs) I just feel bad for I I feel bad for like a game designer in a modern era like this probably was like it it was less fun. It was less fun in the past just because they treated you a lot worse. Um, Like maybe I don't know. I can't really say for sure, but I imagine like they they probably had a lot less uh, treatment than they do now. But you also at least had like insane projects. Like, someone would probably walk up to you and be like, all right, man, we're making a Goof Troop game for the Super Nintendo, and it's got to be way different than the Goof Troop game for the Sega Genesis, because that thing's a fucking piece of shit, and we ain't going to be able to fit all the stuff on it. And so, like, which team do you want to be on? The dog shit team or the kind of okay team? And, like, you got to choose, <laughs> I don't know, fuck, I'll take the dog shit team. Let's see how this goes. Like, but it's like, and then next week, it's like, all right, that Goof Troop thing kind of worked out. So now we're going to do MLB Pro, and I uh, hope you know how baseball works. And you're like, I don't. Oh, all right let's do it but it, like it's nowadays sad. it's like I guess all right it's, man. i guess a lot of these games these companies died but i just think about how sad it was like once upon a time like it'd be like you, th- you look at the d- developers of like deus ex and like anachronox and 
or even like rareware on the 64 like they were just fucking making three different entire ips per yeah. year and most of them didn't get sequels they just were like oh, this is what we're doing here comes blast core here comes perfect dark but, here comes jet force gemini let's fucking go because, bad because you had to <laughs> That's like that was the crazy thing. Like you had to keep because like no one wanted no no everybody, everybody agreed that a sequel was so, like a thing that only was reserved for the best of the best. Like if your game sold an exponentially high amount of like game like copies, okay, let's uh let's do another one. I think people like that. But otherwise, it was a rush to find gold. So you got to keep making new shit every single day until you find that gold nugget. And that's why I'm, that's why my argument was like now you just like superficially make gold. You say Call of Duty isn't probably a gold mine, but you could add enough stuff into it to make money out of it. Like, what if we told you you can get kawaii anime girls on your gun? It's only going to cost you like the cost of an indie game, but you know <laughs> it's okay, guys. Yeah, like basically. twenty dollars. What does that even mean when you can play a game where you can kill people with an anime gun? Wouldn't that be fun? And like, what? What? Like, like you said, like Rare came out with seven different game franchises in the course of the development cycle for one Call of Duty game. And you're just like, I don't know what happened, but there's been a systemic failure in this industry because like, how, how do we have like the eighth Call of Duty game, but we only got like two perfect dark games. Like what happened? The problem I think World of like, Warcraft happened. The, I don't know, no. What happened was that every single every all the publishers got bought up by all the bigger publishers and then it became this like pseudo monopoly where you go like, okay, there's only like six big boys and everyone else that kind of exists gets to make one game and either it does well and they get bought up by one of the big boys or it does horribly and they get bit off, uh, bought up by one of the lower end of the big boys who just kind of like want to take two or three people from the company and then just can the rest of them. But like, you know, you still get to go to a big boy company at the end of the day. Like it's, it, it's weird. I don't know. Like you just, it's, but it, like, like what I'm did saying Obsidian about World of need Warcraft. To get bought? Like, did Obsidian uh, really need to get bought? I think Obsidian was doing pretty good, right? Like, they... Mm, yeah, well... I, I mean, mean, they weren't, like... They weren't making they weren't multi-billion going dollars. Yeah, but they weren't going bankrupt. Yeah. But they, but you know, they made a really good game once. They and made now new franchises. They, yeah, they had... Uh, but... Yeah, absolutely. Like, but why... Yeah, but so, like... But then why... Why why did they need to get bought? Well, because it's probably cheaper. It's probably more affordable. No, it's probably, to, it probably was a good deal, though. Like, all, yeah, all things considered... But, Microsoft and, and I don't bought know, like six studios in a single year. And I don't know like what the, you know, again, this all comes down to investments. So there is a board of yeah. directors and that board of directors is saying like, oh, Microsoft's going to pay like a billion for us. I'm fucking out of here. Sell this fucking shit, right? Fire. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, the moment you get your little payout, you just like trot along onto the next dumb little studio and be like, I'm just going to go do this investment again. But no, like, these are but, like... These are, pro the these are pro they probably just retired because these are old people uh, by now. Like Fergus required, and I, but, I think it's still part of the studio. But, but like, but this the, is Obsidian I don't know, has been seems, around since two thousand and four. That seems so sad to like think about the fact that you get, I don't know, you get like one companies get like th basically two to three shots to make uh, anything that will set them apart from the rest of the industry and it, either they make enough to survive you yeah you either completely crash and burn or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain and that you will now make that one <laughs> yeah. thing forever and but, that's all you do but now there's, yeah but like there and then you have it's like, like being weird a youtuber studios. 
but but then you have weird like offshoot <laughs> studios like double fine which like somehow managed to keep Microsoft itself afloat. Them. Oh, I mean, they did. No, no, Microsoft owns them. Failed continuously. Well, yeah, but I'm saying like somehow they like kept continually failing upwards. No, nah. even though like ev- no, you don't think so? Yeah. They kept like releasing <laughs> they have, games, they have and been they were such a shit show almost the entire time they've existed. I guess that's true. But, remember uh, but, when, but they remember never when you and me and Marty never, playing like, their fucking space management game, which was a Kickstarter they just abandoned. One yeah, day yeah, they were just like, that. you know what? Fuck it. This is the 1.0. We're never talking. We're never going to talk about this again. We're just going to stop developing this failure of a game. Like that's Jesus. <laughs> or like how they had the most, they had the largest Kickstarter ever for their adventure game, and then they still had to be like, ah, fuck, and just like release half of it, and then and use the sales of the first half to fund making the second half. <laughs> like they 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 it's... fucked up so many times, yeah. and like and like even but, games but... that they're famous for, like Psychonauts, were like commercial failures. Like they've had a, they've had a they've they've been a mess from like all along their golden but, but age probably point, was when they were making like ten dollar indie games every year probably but my point is like they somehow survived with those failures longer than most studios that survive with successes like it's it was weird how long double fine just didn't get bought by anybody and maybe that's because like anybody probably looked at their financials and was like jesus christ how do you like hemorrhage more money than the that exists on the planet Earth. <laughs> like was wasn't there like remember there was like an article about like oh i want to make psychonauts too but it's going to cost like 40 billion dollars oh yeah <laughs> and like what the <laughs> fuck like, there was the <laughs> time that notch came, notch came in he's like reasonable. i'll make psychonauts too and then that quietly got never mentioned again <laughs> yeah because like apparently the cost of making it was so because nobody actually that... wants to work with tim schaefer <laughs> that's probably true is he I the mean, head he of a... psychonauts he... too no, I assume like, so. He's Tim, Schaefer's, Tim Schaefer's just like oh, the double fine sense. guy, as far as I'm aware. Yeah, he's the changed. director. Zach McKellar. It always, it always, it always seems like just the way that he runs things is fundamentally like something is wrong it's under the hood in like yeah, a Peter Molyneux sort of way. And whenever yeah. somebody gets a look under the hood, they quietly distance themselves from the project. Yeah, he's basically he is basically like just a, a snake oil salesman, uh, and he continues to like survive even though he definitely should have gotten like his his company should have been like boarded yeah. up and shot into space like decades ago yeah, i'm not, I'm not sure he's like a, he's, i wouldn't call him like a con man or anything like a snake oil salesman but i, I think i mean he is just kind something, of a con man <laughs> it's, every, every time it comes up it always seems like there's just something wrong with how he runs his business and i know this will like, sound weird I, now because now it's like oh wow psychonauts 2 came out and it's his best game he's ever made and like people are ranting and raving about it so any naysaying about tim schaefer will sound weird right now but like he has such a no. bizarre legacy of running a but company the, but the only, and it's never but like, seemed to work out let's not be let's well not received? be generous here tim schaefer isn't the reason psychonauts 2 succeeded microsoft is the reason uh, psychonauts 2 succeeded it's, did microsoft i guarantee make it? you I yeah, not, microsoft bought double fine yeah. yeah yeah and so i guarantee you that they showed up and were like look dude i'm gonna be real with you this is the money you get you need any more, you're going to have to start pedaling on the street. But, like, you're going to make Psychonauts 2. It's going to cost this much money to make it. It's going exclusively on Xbox. See you in two years. YOLO. <laughs> and, like, I bet he just was like, all right, guys, this is the budget. Guess we're not going to be able to make it, like, make you smell Psychonauts in, like, three dimensions or whatever the fuck he thought the budget <laughs> needed to be that big for. Like, I can't imagine what you can need a billion dollars for to make a psychonauts game but whatever anyways the uh i bet you is because he he was like confined to a box 
and he was forced to create this game within a con like some kind of budgetary confine or else that's it his company's going under they haven't released anything since fucking broken age like what are they gonna what it what what does that company do they released besides, since broken age like well like they? that, yeah, like that space made, game yeah. they didn't finish but also massive chalice and other stuff like that but like i i don't but they're remember all incomplete projects like really yeah, consistently like was... they, if something goes wrong and they, they kept having kickstarter games after broken age but they were getting increasingly like borderline fraudulent because they kept over promising and not being able to make them within the constraints of what they were hoping for so just, so yeah like messy. looking at looking at the games that they had since like what so last year was rad which by the way just so we're clear because someone will always take it really literally he does not literally mean a billion dollars no it's not a billion dollars people always take things completely literally and then get mad about it and like that's that's you that's your problem you're doing that yeah it's it was yeah it was like uh yeah, it was like between ten to thirteen million dollars for Psychonauts two, and which that's is a like, reasonable budget, honestly. Is like, it? It's yeah, a reasonable so. budget. I think so. if yeah. you want, if you like, you have a, a, if you have like an ideal game in your head, and you have a sequel in your head, like you, you know what you want to do, and then you estimate more or less having fifty to hundred people working on it over the course of two of uh, two years or something like that, and then you need to to account for, you know, all the bureaucracy that comes after having all those people. That's that's a reasonable budget. Yeah, that's not. But but remember, this is this is by like one. This is like one person funding that. Like thirteen yeah, million dollars from one person is a lot to that's ask. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah. like <laughs> absolutely. You know, could you imagine like that? And that's the problem I'm saying is like he, he literally all he could do is just knock knock. Hey, can you give me thirteen million dollars? People like no, <laughs> no, we're not gonna just give you that. Like. And I, I imagine the Microsoft deal was not that easy. I imagine it wasn't that simple. I imagine it was a lot like, again, I, I, it had to have had constraints on it. That budget has to have been way overinflated. There's no way that he's like, I need $13 million yeah, to make Psychonauts 2. Like, come on, man. Like, I maybe, and again, maybe this is also because you're asking for budget for something with no, like, you have nothing to show for it. I can't imagine they did, like what do they make Psychonauts two in the Psychonauts one engine? It was like okay, here's the entire thing. I, I don't just think like, thirteen million dollars is as much money as you think it is. Like for I game development, I think it's a, a modern, I think a modern, it's a lot like, of money. 3D game. Like that's what games kind of cost. Yeah, is it? I, yeah, we had a similar I conversation just... uh, about argument back in the day about the uh, Double Fine Kickstarter where you were like indignant about the idea that they could ever spend that much on, on money on an on a adventure game and it's like games cost way more than you think that you got you got to pay a staff like yeah, that adds just, up so fast which just, and I understand that I guess my my point is I I am assuming uh I'm assuming that 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 money isn't accounting for staff payments like no, of course it is that's, that's the for. budget it's not materials it's for? a it's digital product payment. Yeah, well, but that's what I'm saying is like I if it's all if it's all staffed then like, God damn, that's that's yeah, you got to run a company. It like it seems like a lot of staff. Uh, no, it uh, is. Uh, look at, a huge, a huge quick, amount quick of math. the budget of a game is just I'm going to pay these many people for this long, basically. Quick, quick math. 50 people earning 100,000 a year are 5 million a, hundred, a year. 100,000 100, a, a year. That seems a little much. Do you think it's much? I don't. I'm just. Uh, I'm just saying. A uh, uh, hundred thousand is a lot of money. Okay. Uh, okay. Okay. That's so like. That's like the. 
that's like a higher that's like a, a three level management budget like i, I, I okay. would imagine I the average know, developers US making salaries. like Just i would imagine the average. average developers like 60 to 70 60 let's go with lowball because it's the gaming industry after all um 60 that times 50 that's 50 people working on a game that's 3 million and it's 3 million okay. a year right was so that per year so it's per year and, right? and, and, and no remember a, a lot of this no games yeah, in no a year. So times two, and then you double. You probably double this easily just on on the um, on the money you pay for offices and and uh, contractors. Oh yeah, you have you have the Li property. So you have licenses. You have voice actors. Yeah, but but let's just say that you don't double it. Just one point five. Just add. You gotta get that has been hotel money. That. <laughs> That's nine million already for two years of development and two years of the development. Sim voice is... actors, of course, very hard to get back for Resbutin. So. Given that's that for the core team 50, 50 people is core team we're talking like you usually you go above that because 50 is localization so then what is is 14 a low ball like i it probably is a i i, I don't know maybe it isn't i mean i don't maybe i don't know like this just then this is different then but. like how is how is 14 million dollars so difficult that they couldn't get anybody to do this if this seems like a standard well, he just right. has because a history of all of his games ma making less money than they cost, basically. Because you can't, or yeah, you can't convince. Because you can't convince the publishers. You can just have the best price. You can have the best idea. You can have the best team. If you can't convince the people with the money, then you you don't get the money. And that's why the it's people all that fucked have up. the money are asking, "How is this going to be the next Fortnite?" Yeah. No, then why as am well. I answering this phone call? We're not going to have a yeah. meeting. What? Go away. <laughs> That seems, that's, the, that's the reaction to that, Tim Schafer. For, for the longest time, for like the longest time, indie games had problems because make... of that. I, you're correct. I think you're correct. It's the opposite. You should be looking at many. You should be looking at the gold digging thing. If you have money, just invest in a lot of small studios instead of investing in a oh, big yeah. one. Because otherwise, you get things like what I Both the is movie doing industry that. and the games industry have a problem where both. Both of them are only interested in making super mega ultra projects. Like mm -hmm. how that, that yeah, one company, like, like Universal, could have just made a bunch of monster movies with reasonable budgets and they would have turned back a profit. But instead they're like, no, it has to be like the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This is the fucking horror Hollywood horror monster cinematic universe. And they made the mummy movie and then gave up <laughs> because it I, didn't work like out. I'm, I'm wondering, like, would you have made more money investing in small studios? Like if you if you took all of your money and like, like, i wish all of movies like, was like bloomhouse studio <laughs> yeah like if you took all of your money and invested into small random indie shit like I, I think they even have a website for this specifically like the golf with your friends game was on it yeah, like, why you can can't just, all like, of video games be devolver yeah like yeah why isn't why isn't every publisher like that where you're just like okay i'm gonna like look I, at 15 different really small crazy ideas let me go and I'm back gonna invest in those and one of them is gonna turn a massive profit right let me go back like, but you're saying you're on the point though andrew let me go back to like, what i said world of warcraft happened and ruined everything because what you just said is one of them is gonna make you a, a million dollars it's gonna make you make you a bunch of money but for that to happen, it need they, you need to be making things like World of Warcraft. You need to be making things with recurrent user spending and engagement and whatnot. And that's why they all suck. Yeah, because if you're fishing, you need to fish with the 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 what's the word? For, for the thing? <laughs> you need to chum the like, water. You need bait you or whatever. You yeah, you can't look into having a, a a game like World of Warcraft that lasts for two decades, gaining you millions and millions every year. If you don't make games like that, 
if you're going to be making Psychonaut-like games, you're not going to look into having one of them be World of Warcraft, right? You need to have, you need I to be, guess. right? It's just, uh, yeah. And that's why they, that's why it changed the industry into the publishers not, it's not that the publishers don't think that they can make money, is that they don't think they can make as much money as they want. And so they, they, they instead of them fishing with indie games like Papa the Rapper or Tony Hawk Pro Skater or <laughs> stuff like that, instead of them making weird games like that, they make weird games like Marvel Avengers and whatever crap Bioware is up to these days and, and, and Fallout 76. That's what they do because they're fishing with the tools that they have. And the tools are predatory. Yeah, I'm, I don't I, know. What, I'm what's just, the name I'm of just thinking, Rapper like, Daddy. how, how <laughs> much, Daddy? How much no, money would wasn't... you have made? How much money if you, would you have made if you invested? Uh, like, and I get it. There's, there are, it, you know, obviously you can never know which game is going to be a gold mine. Mm -hmm. But, like, I imagine if, you, if your investments are diverse enough, just like you would with a, a normal stock portfolio, you wouldn't just want to put all your money into Tesla and hope it does well. Like you would want to uh, presumably invest into multiple smaller companies and watch as their profits slowly climb. And as that happens, you're like, oh, I'm making a lot of money over a lot of uh, assets. And like, but then you, there are some times where you're like, oh, I put, you know, I put a hundred thousand into this and this and this and this. And one of those just shoots up the roof and you're like, oh shit, what happened to that one? And you see it just like climb immensely. And you're like, okay, well that one made a huge solid profit. Like, could you imagine the guy who's like, I invested in 15 games, put like 15,000 in each of them, and one of them turned out to be Undertale. And like, you've, you did it. You succeeded. <laughs> like, holy <laughs> shit, your money just got, you just got tripled. Or like Cuphead. You're like, oops, I invested into the Cuphead thing, and uh, fuck, that's doing well. What happened in fucking Netflix movie? Oh, I'm making so much. <laughs> like, like, yeah, how, it's, it's like, like how, how Bloomhouse puts out this fuck ton of movies every year but then every now and then they get an invisible man or a get out or a purge and then it's like oh well, yeah, there, there's but, our money there it goes yeah exactly and like and then you you look back and you like say like well how much money how much money are you really making as a return investment on like call of duty 8 like how much money do you have to put oh, they in must to be actually making make a so profit? much money but are they? Are, but, but that's the thing is like how many people are already investing into that product it's as running well? on a so shoestring they make those but, games on a shoestring already. But it doesn't but that doesn't mean you're going to make an increased amount of profit in return because they're running on shoestring because the overhead cost is so stupidly fucking high uh, for I these companies. I see what you mean. Like so you're you're investing like you have to get so many investors to make a Call of Duty game that by the time that you're making the profit back, all that's why it's shoestring is because the money is just being like but the, the thing, small dividends are being sent to all these people. But you're and I can't imagine they're making enough. At that point, the, the, the profit doesn't come from the company. It comes from just owning shares. That's when the, the company just, the share price becomes detached from actual profitability. This the happens all, all over the industry. company just becomes a weird, like, imagine concept. It, happened, it happens with a lot of industries, not just gaming, but it definitely happens with Activision and Bioware and, and not Bioware, sorry, uh, Blizzard and uh, EA, where it doesn't matter that the game makes money. What matters is that the shares go up and the people with the shares make money. That's how the company makes money, is the people with the shares make money, they're making money. Because the, the higher-ups have shares... The co the company itself has shares. It's it's all uh, what's what's the saying? It's all co, co cheese. What's no? That's not the saying. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's kosher. 
kosher. That's the one. It's all yeah. goat cheese. Goat cheese is a is a wasteland reference. I got wasteland money. Yeah. It's all yeah. Gucci. It's all yeah. Gucci. Gucci. That's the one. It's all Gucci. It's all Gucci. That's what I wanted. Kosher is isn't that a, a Jewish thing? Isn't that like yeah? But uh, people just say yeah. about shit sometimes. That's yeah, I meant Gucci. <laughs> Yeah, it's. I mean, they're not that's talking why... about salt or whatever. They'll just say it about yeah. random shit sometimes. Yeah, so it's, that's I, why. I, I that's why it doesn't make sense. But when you really dig into it, it's just rotten. It's rotten. It's freaking rotten because it's not connected to anything in the first place. They're not trying to make money, and they screw up the ma- the games in the in the process of not actually making money. Just basically scamming investors really because the, po- the once you get to the shareholder stuff, I'm like, wow, this is all just made up, huh? Yeah, <laughs> it's I, just, I, the guess, economy I guess the just... art imaginary yeah. shit <laughs> cool. i guess the argument i'm making is like why are you wasting your time investing money into call of duty when it's probably more likely you will strike gold investing into indie like there you the amount of money that you i would imagine have access to is going to be again this is like why would you invest into a big name stock even if you have the money why would you invest into it if the the return on investment won't be nearly as um, like because again investment at the at its core investment is just gambling for really really rich people who don't want to go to an ew stinky museum like casino with stinky poor people you want to like do it in a nice rich environment like a computer and so the idea is that you want to take your employee's computer because you're not the one actually managing anything you just pay somebody technically it's it's not even your employee technically you're doing it with some like financial institution that's doing it all for you but the point is is that you you you're investing money in a different location because uh this is the better way to gamble for rich people and so if you're already gambling anyways why not just do the heart of the gamble this is like going to a horse race and betting on the on the horse you know is going to win and it's like, okay, well, you're not going to make much money because everyone knows it's going to win, so they're all biting on it. But, like, I guess you can do that. But, you know, like, I, why wouldn't you just bet on, like, the rare chance? Like, yeah, I guess because... Because you can't control you would it. Art. Well, that's yeah, because the... you can't control it. You don't know it's going to be successful. But, again, yeah. that's kind of... That's the whole point. That's the, that's the whole point of gambling is that you're supposed to... But it's not the point you of know, stock, supposed though. to. It's like, well, it's like the... It's just... Uh, you get to a point when you have so much money that basically you can't not make make more money. It's just impossible to lose money because it's all it, it, it's uh, it's it's risk management. You know, and not in the sense that it's very unlikely that you'll lose money. It's in the sense that you the only way you're going to lose money if there's an overall crash of the economy. And 2008 has shown that not even with an overall crash of the economy will you actually lose money unless you go to prison. And because they're never going to prison because well maybe they are let's either way maybe they are but yeah that's the 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 only way they'll lose money is if they go to prison that's that's the situation that we're in (laughs) so it's you get to a point where you have that much money there's no reason gambling it's not a gamble it's not it is again like you're right in saying that the stock market is gambling for rich people it is but when you own companies and you own things you want so much money that 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 you actually your your decisions affect companies like microsoft and ea then it isn't a gamble it's just you know par for the course is instead of the only gamble is oh this year i only made three billion instead of well maybe not billion i don't know probably billion as well but okay a hundred million i only made a hundred million instead of 200 or something like that that's the gamble that they're making it's just 
Yeah, I, and I get it. Again, at the end of the day, I understand the entire... Um, yeah. I, you know, I, I, I understand how capitalism works. I understand how investment works. I understand that you're, the goal isn't to... The goal is not to strike it rich. The goal is to maintain wealth over a long period of time. Yeah. And so the best way to do that is investing in things that you know will not fail or lose you money. And so, again, you just end up di like investing into really stable uh, uh, products. But mm -hmm. again, also, this is usually like uh, what you end up doing is creating a market that doesn't really make you money except in like a very loose sense like you're making some money but that's only because you have enough money to invest in multiple of different products that all are stable enough but it's not it's not like the, the it's not like you're making the amount of money i guess what i'm trying to say is like well, people make the mistake attitude, they're not planting they're not planting trees but yeah, for like, like ips like they they're they're <laughs> harvesting what exists endlessly while forgetting that they got there by making things in the first place instead of just repeating the same thing forever yeah like that the, the to me the idea here it's is like, that all you're like going to end up doing is you're going fatigue, to end up like like deforesting yeah you're just like in, you're going to end up removing a source of revenue because you didn't want to invest you didn't want to actually invest into that uh source of revenue like it constant just just paying people to harvest like fruit off of trees isn't going to keep fruit growing like that's not how this works like you if you want if you want to keep harvesting these fruits you have to keep having trees to harvest from and eventually the fruit runs out and then what are you going to do there's no more trees because you didn't want to fucking invest in trees uh and it's like okay so ju just take some of that profit and invest in trees like just if start invest i don't know just it, the, the, well, there's no incentive behind that and the, in fact the incentive a, there's should this, be because you want to make more there's money there's an like, incentive guess, but it's like a global warming style incentive where it's a very long-term problem that they won't realize what, what went wrong until it's too late yeah this feels almost like you're you're burning again you're burning the candle at two ends and you're hoping that one end is burning a lot slower than the other but it's what not I'm, it's inverse to what you think well, you it get is franchise and there's like, fatigue and you just kind of try to ignore it forever <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's like I but like I see it going to a point where like you're, you know, constantly as time goes by the, or the more the time goes by, these bigger and bigger franchises are having less and less draw and people are more and more interested in uh, unique or different franchises. They're more like the the big money isn't going to be in making like the third or seventh installment of anything. It's going to be someone saying like, hey, someone made that thing you really like. Uh, but without all this hoobabaloo that you hate and they go like, Oh, okay, that's pretty cool. I'll give it a shot. And like, Oh, it's affordable. It's not even as costly as the thing that I like playing. Oh, okay. Well maybe I'll give that a shot. And like, eventually it's going to, you know, you, you, there will come a point where like it becomes so just like everything else has been in capitalism, I guess is just like, it becomes such a, like a homogeny of like, Oh, there's only the big players and that's only where you can buy stuff from. And they all own all the stuff. And eventually you get these watered down, really boring products that you end up like resenting and maybe yeah. like not even, you, you resent them. Huh? It's even to use like Colonel's example of World of Warcraft, like it's known as being this big money maker and a billion other number again, facetiously. Huh? Uh, but like all these different <laughs> other companies tried to make like lookalikes essentially and like crashed and failed over and over again for like a decade straight. There were so many people trying to make their own World of Warcraft because it was doing so well. Nowadays, World of Warcraft ain't actually doing that hot. 
Like it's still around, but its numbers have been just just plummeting from expansion to expansion for many years now. And it basically it, the reason it still exists in the form it does at all is because like it's got kind of got the issue going on of like uh, being a like if you're a Minecraft YouTuber, you're like, well, if Minecraft's going down in popularity, I guess I'm going down with a ship because that's my entire audience and they won't watch anything else. Hmm. But they'll, where you're like every if you make anything that's not Minecraft, the the views are plummeting and to, it doesn't seem viable. But if but also in the long term, those Minecraft views keep going down. So like that Minecraft viewer. Re- YouTuber really got to keep making keep... more more risks regardless and so on. And I don't like, know yeah, that like they re... keep going down. I think Minecraft. Uh, I I can see us being old people and Minecraft still being around. Well, it was I think... Minecraft took off again, but for a long time their yeah. Minecraft was getting worse. Or if you want to go like Call of Duty YouTuber, like there's a lot of like ex Call mm-hmm. of Duty YouTubers now because Call of Duty YouTube just was just got way less popular over time, and it's like. And it's like you have that you have the this messy thing where like if you're someone or even like Durf Durf does like those like scrap mechanic videos and that's like extra like risky like you're tying to like to one indie game that's a particular bubble of audience that like will have like a tapering off and so on and so like mm-hmm. you have this this conflict of uh, of feedback where like on one hand your views as the thing dies down will continue to trend down. But every time you experiment and do something outside of that that territory, that thing will do way worse. But you kind of <laughs> yeah. need to keep like poking out into different directions until something does like actually catch fire. Because if you just if you if you take the feedback of those things doing bad to think, oh, well, I just won't do the things that do bad ever. I'll just stick to the one thing that does well forever. That forever will cease to be a thing that you that will exist anymore. Like you, there just won't be a forever anymore. So you yeah. you will have failed to experiment to keep your company afloat, and then just silently watched as the as it went down with the ship the whole time. Like which you saw happening, but it's the like it's the, the golden the feedback isn't there. Chicken. You have to yeah. You need long term incentive like viewpoints. Like you can't just look at what'll happen in the in that month. You have to look at the long term, or it's you're just fucked. It's the golden eggs chicken, but uh, more connected to if you take her eggs, she just stops laying. So it's better to because the thing is, I think I think maybe maybe I'm wrong, but I, even even big channels that focused exclusively on Minecraft, some big channels have been able to to pitch in toward other things, and they still they get views uh, if they get big enough. If you get to a point where it is actually a golden eggs chicken, it's, um, I don't know, I think, because it's a tool. You get, like, even if you get fewer people watching a video, uh, watching a series, or, you know, drastically fewer people, you can you oh, can yeah. still pivot your channel yeah, in like a way that... Yeah, like, a critical mass, like, someone will play it, someone will watch it. Yeah. But yeah, the issue yeah, is I that think... people get the feedback if they care about the, the uh, stats. They get the, they constantly get the feedback of like, oh, if I do anything else, it does way worse, and that encourages that's them right, to yeah. stop doing that. And that's the same thing that happens with these with people that make movies and people that make games is that they are afraid to branch out into other projects because they see the numbers be lower. It's so like, well, obviously, then I'll just do the thing that makes the numbers higher. But then they ignore the fact that the numbers for the higher thing are also just continually tapering off from year to year. Mm-hmm. And then they get into a corner where it's like, what do we do? We're the World of Warcraft company, but World of Warcraft's been doing worse every year. Uh, and they can only think within the box of how to retool World of Warcraft to get more people to play it. 
forever like 15 years after it came out as opposed <laughs> to thinking in terms of going somewhere else do and that's like that's the loop that a lot of these franchises and Warcraft, though i don't i don't know i suppose they're just recycling old customers they're just like ah, i might as well play a little bit yeah you just keep like sparking their interest with this or that thing again there's yeah. a there's a whole thing with world of warcraft where it because it's this increasingly masturbatory feedback loop of like cameos and like known characters coming back over and over again and they've had like they keep coming up with excuses to like revisit old things over and over again like i know that legion brought back illidan which was the boss of the first expansion and they just brought him back again uh and uh like they brought back black temple like they they find reasons to just bring back previous entire dungeons like naxxramas was the original tier three and they had a whole thing with naxxramas i think recently to the point where now the uh what is it oh what was really silly is that like they had draenor which was an expansion that was just an alternate timeline version of burning crusade so it was the it was the same setting as the first expansion but a different timeline with like the power rangers orcs that are all evil or whatever <laughs> uh it's like a different timeline where they didn't do the thing that was the original sin thing that created the orcs or, or whatever in the wow timeline i'm not very good at the wow lore but uh but like the current expansion shadowlands is just the afterlife so now they're just bringing back all the dead people and you're fighting them all again in various contexts or encountering them in different reasons so it's just an expansion that's just four it's like the four circles of hell essentially or the four different like realms <laughs> of the afterlife yeah and all of the all your favorite characters are somewhere in there and they'll like they'll have a whole they'll have a whole cutscene dedicated to re-killing like a bear that you cared about once if you were paying attention and like all these various like it starts off with like breaking a relic that was like the lich king's helm and it's like i remember the lich king and like it's just it's just reference after reference after reference and it's like while all trying to have this big climactic showdown about like these multi-expansion storylines but also bringing back every character that's ever happened and it's just like it is a lot <laughs> it is a lot the expansion starts with you personally hanging out with all the most important people of the world of warcraft franchise as they all get kidnapped one by one <laughs> and then you have to go save them one by one and, and and like along the way you'll encounter the ghosts of every character you've ever heard of and it's just like at some point like it's like a, it's like really desperate like it, it's particularly frustrating because like there was like a lack of new things problem with the world with the the warcraft universe where they were like this is a this is all an adaptation of an rts franchise which at this point you can safely assume most people haven't played but for some reason they felt really beholden to that stuff so each expansion was about like what thing can we bring back from world of warcraft it's like uh okay so World of Warcraft's Warcraft, villain, you mean? Warcraft Three's villain was uh was Illidan, right? So we'll have a whole expansion where we fight Illidan. Okay, that's the that's the first expansion's boss. Uh 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 okay. So, so the for the expansion for Warcraft Three was Arthas. So uh Arthas is back now. You fight Arthas. He's the he's the boss of the second expansion. Like it was just expansion after expansion was like all tying back into this RTS over and over again and its storyline. And it's like, first of all, WoW was so popular. It has eclipsed the RTS that's based on in the first place. You, but also, like at some point, this thing, this universe, you've been doing this for years. You can make new things for once. So to have them so be like just be recycling things from the RTS for multiple expansions, 
and then have an entire arc where they uh, then bring those things back again and now they're having an arc where it's the afterlife and all those guys back are back again for a third time in many cases it's like oh my god here's kalthazad again he's another <laughs> the, the current raid has kalthazad and i don't really remember where he's from but i remember that name i'm pretty sure that he's been fought before i don't I, it's really hard to care about the story of wow so and we're oh, in warcraft in general because it's so fucking comic book convoluted at this point, so I can't remember any of it anymore. But I'm all I know is that I'm constantly seeing names I've definitely seen before, and we're fighting them again. And it's like, cool, all right, here we go. Yeah, there there does come a point where WoW is uh, WoW will suffocate from its own uh, self. Like it's, and it's going a, to, and it's a microcosm of what we've been talking about this whole podcast. We're like. Instead of making new and exciting things, they're endlessly trying to trot out old names and iconography in front of your face over and over again to increasingly yeah. diminishing returns and not really getting why it doesn't work. Like it's the it's the last hour and a half of this podcast, but in yeah. one game, like its own <laughs> feedback loop is just recycling things and not getting why people are getting bored more and more over time, which I don't again, I don't I maybe because i it's hard for me to know because i'm not the target demographic and i'm also not involved with like anything to do with wow i have no idea how it's built how it's funded how it's whatever like is there is there somebody knocking on the door and like hey hey i haven't seen illidan in six years where the fuck is he like is someone <laughs> you know is there like some guy in I the higher level management now. like i think he's fighting people in space like he's probably like he's I the imagine. green lantern but but like I, it, you know, does is someone is there someone like on the higher up in WoW like coming like barreling through the cubicles like I swear <laughs> to fucking God if I don't see fucking uh, the I don't know this character in the next expansion I'm gonna lose it and someone's like I isn't that guy dead didn't we kill him like six expansions ago it's like <laughs> I don't give a shit bring him back like who's who is sitting here and cre like writing the syllabus for the next expansion. And it's like, all right, boys, I hope you remember the first and the third expansion because they're really important. <laughs> but also, we're going to bring stuff back from like the fifth expansion, but only kind of minorly. And also, we're going to talk like about what happened between the fourth and third expansion. But like just in tangentially, it's like a reference. People are going to laugh about it, blah, blah, blah. And it and falls like, so flat as storytelling if you haven't been like watching the 23 Marvel movies that have happened in the yeah. meantime. Like, like it's like endgame like shit where like the current expansion opens with Bolivar like and like the like it's like Sylvanas fights Bolivar and breaks Illidan's helm, which shatters the sky for some reason, and that's bad, I guess. And then Bolivar has you slowly drag the fragments of Illidan's of of Arthas's helm together, tent to the afterlife. And this whole time, I'm like, who the fuck is Bolivar? <laughs> I don't yeah. know who you are. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't play Wrath of the Lich King or whatever Bolivar is from. So I just don't know what's happening and who I'm talking and, to. And I'm just and maybe sad he's, that the Tauren guy's done like getting tortured and dropped off a cliff. And maybe he's <laughs> and maybe he is new. Maybe he's brand new content. Like some yeah, of these races are like, brand new content, but I, I like you don't know when it's a like, Mr. Poopy butthole. Like when is it like yeah. a situation where like everyone's just acting like we all know this guy, but he's actually brand new. Like Mr. Poopy butthole or fucking the villain of Resident Evil Six that they act like as a character, but you've never heard of them before. Or like uh, <laughs> when that one old guy shows up in Half Life Two Episode Two, and everyone just knows him, and you're like, I don't know this guy. Who the fuck is this guy? Yeah, <laughs> he's yeah, the, it's, he's it, it third feels... Doctor Man. <laughs> 
it, it feels it, it's a, a wow is like become such a a, a an, an ignorable parody of itself like people can just play wow without paying attention to the story that but the story itself doesn't really like it doesn't go out of its way to like catch you up it's not like hey remember last time in like oh it's incomprehensible like, and it has yeah, the usual like, mmo start... problem where like the entire first half of the story can't be played anymore because they deleted it from existence yeah because cataclysm you, you see the, uh... unmade the original wow and now you just can't experience that story anymore unless you once again go back to classic and experience it in real time like not instead of all at once like you have to like invest years of your time into filling in the back catalog of what happened before cataclysm and mm. i i guess the you know because it doesn't do that you uh, if you jump in at the new expansion you kind of just like turn your brain off and the yeah. moment you turn your brain off, you fucked yourself because now you're never going to know what the hell is going on in like 20 expansions. And it's like that strange people, choice okay, that like, but like the strange choice that Final Fantasy 14 made to make the fucking original Final Fantasy 14 that failed canon. So it constantly yeah. refers to a game you can't play. And it's like, shut the fuck up. I don't know what you're talking about. No one knows what you're talking about. Some guy probably made a fucking career out of being the YouTube, like, Final Fantasy XIV OG ambassador that just, like, explains the plot of the original game to you, like, Vati Vigia, <laughs> so you can tell what the fuck people are talking about in this in the reboot sequel, whatever the fuck the recurrent fourteen is, which is, like, cataclysm, essentially, but way faster. I, and I'll never, you know, again, I'll never... I'll never know what the story of World of Warcraft is because the, the the requirement, the investment needed to figure it out is just beyond what I could ever give a shit about. But it's it's also just it's baffling that this is the best that this company can come up with. And this is like this is the only, you know, besides Final Fantasy 14, like this is like the main MMO. Like this is the big, big guy. This is the the biggest around and somehow and, it I, and just, I don't think things are going well for them right now because no every they're not every it's time going I terribly any video from any like mmo youtuber lately in my in my trending or whatever the fuck it's always like wow this asthma gold or jesse cox or whoever the fuck is giving up wow for final fantasy 14 like across yeah. the board it's like uh oh like it seems it seems like everyone's jumping ship and there's probably a good reason for it is because how many how much longer do you have you know this is the bleach problem how much longer do you have to invest of your life into this fucking story that isn't going anywhere and no one seems to give a shit about before you just either give up or or wait until like the sweet release of death like it's, I, it's funny because it makes us look like I, trend, I trend chasers when it was yeah, it really was just a whim of like hey you want to play final fantasy 14 or satisfactory already, next and then we, we already just beat the expansion we beat the expansion <laughs> yeah. a wow and it's like well i guess we don't have nothing else to do is you just gotta yeah. wait for raids or you gotta like play a different mmo because there ain't fucking anything else to do we just screwed so around like, and played wow for a bit and then we hit level yeah. cap and we were like i don't know what should what should we play next I don't know. You you have a Final Fantasy account, right? What's what's that game like? And we just on a whim, we started playing it, and then now it's like the big wave is everyone playing that. But it was not. That was not the motivation. I had no idea that was going to happen. Yeah. It's and it, here it we jumps are. at you when when you uh, you don't expect it. Yeah. But you have to be but fishing anyway, for uh, it. We're uh <laughs> we're we're over time at this point. We're it's probably mm -hmm. about time to cut it. We're probably going we're in over circles real a little time, bit. And not over our usual three oh, yeah. hour that is already over time.
Oh yeah, we're supposed to be stopping like two hours usually, but it's most importantly, my food's already here. So fuck y'all. Food time. Goodbye, Andrew. Go walk your dog. That's the best part. Ever. It's a confusing Never? command. That's a confusing statement without context. <laughs> but it's because the it the time buffer between the podcast and Final Fantasy is Andrew walking his dog in between, and then Final Fantasy starts. <laughs> Pretty much. See you all next time. All right. Bye. I didn't questions. I meant to get to them, but then we had a continuous chain of topics for the entire episode as it usually goes. I really gotta mm -hmm. just open with a question if I want one. <laughs> yeah. And then that we can so. have our chain of topics as it usually yeah. goes. Yay.